Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 79 of the PDH Pod, the one and only Magic the Gathering podcast dedicated to the total exploration of the Popper Commander format. I'm your host, Brad Drack V, and let's see what my merry co hosts from the East Coast are up to. First up, Dave the Alcadron Vader. How's it going, buddy? Uh, eh. I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited for this episode. I think this might be uh-huh. the favorite episode I've ever done, and I've and we've done a lot of really good episodes. But also, yeah, every one of the bangers. I'm still sick from a week ago. I've been sick all week. You sound better at least. Yeah, a little bit. You're gonna hear a lot last, of these. Last uh, week was a little uh, touch and go, but yeah. this week sounds good. Yeah, uh, the, the, I'm still, you know. Non on cough drops constantly, so when you hear those noises, uh, I apologize. Uh, yeah, just disregard. Eh. It's that time of year. It's yeah. probably fine. It's probably fine. Trademark Liam <laughs> statement. I will either recover right. or I won't. I think that means that it's a 50-50 chance, and uh, I'll take those odds. Yeah, I those like those odds. Those are good odds. And next up, that was the voice of Liam, our resident PDH PhD. Happy uh, holiday break. How's it going? Dude, it's going great. I'm so excited. I've I've been on a holiday break mentally since Monday. Uh-huh. Yep. It's it's going great right now. Now that I'm awesome. actually on a holiday break. When do you go back? After the new year, I assume? January second. Nice. Yep. Same here. Same here. Yeah. It's gonna be a nice little break. Awesome. Well, uh, that's a nice quick intro, but we got to move into housekeeping like normal before we get into the fun stuff. Uh, if you like the show and you like what we're doing here, support us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash the PDH pod. By being a patron, you get access to the pre-show, which is basically like a little short, sometimes full length uh, bonus episode every week posted right on Patreon only there. Uh, it's just sort of, sort of us catching up for the week. And uh, sometimes, like even for a certain uh, Yargle episode, you can even suggest a fun new format. So we'll see how that turns out. Uh, You also get early access to the episode before it goes live. I usually post that the night before. Uh, I think I put it in the Discord that this particular episode is going to come out a little bit late because we're recording a day later. So editing is going to be a day later, you know, 12 hours later, yada, 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 all that good stuff. But it'll still end up uh, up there eventually. And then finally, you get access to said PDH pod Discord where you can chat with the crew. You get help with your decks, talk about the holidays, share pictures, share happy mail days, uh, MTG mail days, all that kind of good stuff. And then lastly, check out the YouTube and our Twitch channels with just the PDH pod on both of those platforms. And the latter is where I stream Spell Table uh, PDH every Saturday, roughly about 5 p.m. Central. And then possibly keep an eye out for some new weekly YouTube content, maybe with the help of one Mr. Bobby B. Fine. Uh, TBD. So uh, just keep an eye out for that. So that house is nicely kept. Liam, what do you got for This Week in Magic? Uh, This Week in Magic was actually pretty relaxed. We had a couple of random promos announced. We had promos for Motos at Markov Mano FNM and Year of the Dragon promos. So for the Year of the Dragon, the last couple of years, they've since the Year of the Ox, which was 2021, 22, something like that, they've been putting out random little, little oh no, it was 2021, because 2021 they did uh, a secret layer. They did rats. And oh, in 22, yep, yep, yep. they did the ox cards. In 23, this year, they did the, the rabbit cards. 
Uh, so 24 is Year of the Dragon. It's just a little set of promos. What's actually interesting is is in the past, they've been exclusive to the APAC regions. They've been mm-hmm. available in English, but they you, you could only get them out in Asia-Pacific stores. Right. I, I believe they are available worldwide this year. That's my understanding as well. Which is exciting. Yeah, that's because cool. in the past they've not been terribly expensive. Like Mm-mm. as as far as region specific promos go, uh, region specific promos can can get pretty up there. But these have all generally sat in the twenty to fifty dollar range for for region specific promos. And you know when when they first get to the U.S., they first get shipped over here via eBay or sellers selling to to big big stores mm-hmm. they tend to be about uh 50 to 100 bucks but give it a couple months they drop to 2050 they they regulate once there's more over here yeah. i'm excited about the prospect that they won't be 100 bucks for the first six months they'll be <laughs> in the correct range mm-hmm. uh that being said dragon cards are a lot more popular so i expect them to just be a little bit more expensive because of that but yeah like the last couple of years, they got some banger art, and I'm really looking yeah, they're pretty to it. awesome. Even the mountains, like there's just a set of uh, basic mountains, and those are awesome. I I gotta say, I think my f- I think my favorite part of these promos is the last couple of years. Uh, for the ox, the the bunny, and now the dragon, they've really leaned into the red. Red yep. being a a big part of the culture in that region this time of year. You know, they for, for the bunny cards, they had. Uh, Quain, which is a Nazorius card. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for the for the Ox cards, there was one that wasn't red. I think I know they did the Ox of Agonis, and they did an Angrath, and they did Tangarth. But I, I feel like there was a non-red one. And for the Dragon cards, uh, did they pick all red ones? I'm not sure. I think they're all partially red, but that's just because dragons and magic are red. Yeah. But I, I like that they continue to to lean into that color scheme and i i don't know if it's intentional a lot but i i kind of hope it is yeah they so, got corvold steel Hellkite, uh red dragon token i mean still sarkhan unbroken colorless, but yeah yeah the rest of them are red yep so yeah it's it's exciting yeah that is pretty cool be cool to have them uh much more easily accessible cool well that was short and sweet thank you for that liam we're gonna move on to the uh actual fun part of the show the main topic here we know why we're here. Listeners, you know why we're here. We are here to celebrate another fantastic year of Pauper Commander and to hand out some well-deserved Yargle Awards patent pending to a list of the very best and a few of the worst that's brought to 2023 brought to our format. However, some Yargle Awards does not a reflection show make. Thanks to the PDH Pod family member Macbethius for the stellar idea, we wanted this year-end event to include some of the guests and regular spell table playgroup members we've had on throughout the year to come on the show and help us out with this whole thing. Uh, this isn't just a celebration of like the format itself or fancy shiny new cardboard, but more or less sort of like for the community as a whole. Uh, Dave, do you want to tell the listeners what we sort of did here? Step one: unmute yourself. Step two: yes. step one: begin always speaking. unmute yourself. You're, you're welcome for being muted. You, I saved you lots of uh, cough drop noises. Appreciate it. Yeah, we wanted to celebrate the community as well as the cardboard, so we got the community involved. We yep. reached out to a bunch of previous guests that we've had on the show this past year, and we asked each of them to record some quick audio for us so that we could play their audio sort of on air where mm-hmm. they can introduce themselves, they can introduce one of our Yargle categories, and then they can share with us their pick for the Yargle this year. 
Without further ado, let's dive directly into it. What's up, you guys? This is Gator Bay TV along with my man, Puzzlebox. We are the hosts of The Comic Theory, and we are here to hit you guys with our best comic of 2023. And these are our thoughts. And if you don't know already, definitely you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Twitter, and a lot of the discords out there. We're going to be on it, you guys. So definitely, I'm excited. I'm going to hit you guys with our nominee. and That's going to be Lorian Revealed. And of course, Puzzle, my bro, tell him why we chose this. Yeah, so Lorian Revealed is a very powerful, flexible option for any blue deck in our format. The ability to search for any island for one mana is obviously a very strong effect, especially with the prevalence of blue in our format. And the five mana draw three part of the card isn't too shabby either. Put this together with the fact that this card is an island cycler that can grab Mystic Sanctuary and then get put back on top to draw cards by Mystic Sanctuary, as well as being used to fix mana, this makes for a very powerful and excellent card overall in our format. And with that, that's our nominee. Thank you. All right, so uh, Common Theory goes with Lorian Revealed. Who wants to start off our picks? Liam, you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. So when it comes to the best common of the year, I think Lorian Revealed... Is definitely a solid pick. Now, I'm, I'm not sure when, when we gave these out, did we give them the other categories that people would be picking from? No. Okay. So I, I, I think that Lorian Revealed is definitely a solid pick for common, but for other categories down the line, I think it fits better. So for my best new common, I picked Muckwood Bats. <laughs> okay, all right. So um, we had a bit of a... We had a big of a, 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 a tussle in the pre-show about what our picks for this were going to be. We didn't actually tell each other our picks in the pre-show. We are we, we are not. all going into not. this mostly <laughs> blind. We don't know what each other yep. picked. I know what all of our guests picked because I vetted the audio first. Like These guys only know half of what's going on. Liam was telling us there's only one obvious choice for there the is. best com- new common. He's, he said it is, it is very clear. It's very obvious. And I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> bat bats is definitely on there i i i was actually really confident that the bats was going to come up and that i could introduce a slightly different card and then still yes, go for still it. vote for something else anyway uh i <laughs> really like quick study mm. i okay. and like okay. quick study's fun not not just like for me the word best kind of implies there needs to be some sort of universality to it like sure, I, if, sure. if I'm gonna pick something for best, I'm gonna want to put it into like basically every deck. I want it to be borderline staple status, and like quick yep. study, quick study checks that box. Like there isn't a blue deck that doesn't want to draw cards, and this is a great way At to draw cards. Speed. And like yep. honestly, the other half of the reason I like pick quick study is just the art and the flavor is so charming. I cannot get enough of the aesthetic of the card. Yeah, it is beautiful. Um, full disclosure. I think Bats is better. I think Lorian Revealed is better. I just wanted oh, to yeah. talk I, about Quick Study. I think Lorian Revealed is a very solid card. I just I feel like it goes somewhere else in a different category that we have, which is why it wasn't picked here. That's fair. Sure. I'm also Bra- I'm also approaching Bats from the perspective of other formats as well. Bats has made huge waves in EDH as a common, which 
is yeah, it, very rare. Surely Lorien Revealed has it as well. Uh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> Not many people are playing a five mana draw three card in EDH. Isn't aren't people playing this in like modern and like sixty card yes. popper? Aren't people yes. people are yes. just yep. slamming Lorien Revealed into their modern decks because it basically yes. replaces an island, which is yes. berserk. Yeah. Yeah. I I think Lorien Revealed gets play in certain C EDH decks just because of the same the same reason Modern's yeah. playing it. But outside of those specific C EDH decks, it really doesn't see a lot of EDH play other than like casual. Oh, all right. I I want to hear I want to hear Brad's take on the best best new common. I'm sort of along the lines of you, Dave. Like, you know, when you hear the word best some people think, well, it's the best. It's the most competitive. It wins the most games. It's this and that. Or some people think best to me means my favorite. But I'm sort of like <laughs> you. I'm sort of in between. Like this car, the the common that I picked goes in every red deck. I don't care what it is. I don't care how many colors, you know, how many colors in the identity of the commander I'm playing. If there's red in the deck, I'm, I am playing Ren's Resolve. Knew it. Oh. Um, you said red. Oh. I was like, it's Ren's Resolve. Yep. I completely forgot about Ren's Resolve. Uh, we, mm, yeah. It's a okay. good one, right? Okay. I mean, we, we, uh, we have this effect already, so okay, fine. Good. Just rename it. But It's good. I just didn't pick it because of Reckless Impulse from last year. Right. Exactly. Like it's, it's it was a, card it was a hard we already one, had. But like I, it's a card we already had. We just got a second copy. I'm I actually put two on my list one. for the co- the best comment. I put two on my list, and the first one was Merkwood Bass. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, went, yeah. I went with my backup. All <laughs> right. Good, 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 good. Um, so... Right, so what do we think? Final final answer. I well, all three I, of us said bats. All three of us did say the word bats with our faces. That's true. That's true with our mouth holes. I think it's got to be the bats. I think it does too. Okay, all right. I, I don't know that it's making CPDH waves very much, but I, God, it's so good. It's I, so good. I love Lorien revealed. I love Ren's resolve. I think yep. I think the Yargle is the bats. I think so too. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, okay. bats! You get the yargle. Our first yargle of the, the year. Woohoo! Dave, I'm, I'm right. sorry. What was your pick again? I can't. Quick study. Can't. Quick, Quick study. study. Thank you. Sorry, I'm All right. the show notes. I was sitting here like, I what? What yeah. is it? I'm gonna <laughs> stop. I'm gonna stop touching show notes. Are we ready to move on to the next next category? Give me give me another guest. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Yeah. Shoot. Hello, Robert here. I'm primarily a Popper Commander YouTuber. I make edited PDH gameplay and discussion videos. You can find me by typing L-O-B-B-E-R-T into YouTube or really any search engine. I'm here to introduce the Argo category of Best Showing for a Mechanic of 2023. My pick is Cycling. In March of the Machine, we got 7 cards with Cycling for 2 generic mana for a card with the appropriate basic land type, like Alabaster Host Intercessor, that has plain Cycling for 2 generic mana. Those cards were nice, but didn't make a huge splash. What makes this the best mechanic for the whole year was what we got in the Lord of the Rings Tales of Middle-earth set. It included a cycle of five more land cyclers that only cost one to cycle. With the cost that low, they're free ramp if you're going to miss your land drop, and can be cycled ahead of time. They can also look for things like Mystic Sanctuary or Tapped Duels. With so many options, they add a ton of consistency. Additionally, the actual spell part of these cards range from being decent to pretty powerful, which makes them viable even in competitive decks. On top of that, having a creature or instant in your graveyard as a side effect can enable things like graveyard recursion spells and delve. Thank you guys for including me in this. You guys had a great 2023. I love listening to your show. I haven't missed an episode. Keep it up. 
I'm sure more good things are to come in 2024. Back to you guys. Oh, well, thank you, Lover. Thank you for that very thank much. You. Excellent, excellent category. Uh, Liam, what do you got for mechanics from this year? So I had to I had to be on brand for this. I had to. Sure. I had to. And so I recognize that my pick is definitely not what most people would say. <laughs> and I'm 100%... Now I'm excited. Yep. I'm 100% ready to vote for something else. But the mechanic that I feel like had a great showing this year is mm -hmm. actually an evergreen mechanic. Ooh. And that is equip with the card type equipment. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right yeah and the okay. card see what you're doing the card that had the best showing for equipment this year was beamtown beatstick oh so good because it continues the trend of cheap colored equipment that give buffs keywords and it dealt with treasures yeah, that was stick the the beat is, stick was almost on my list as best comment of the year. I love it so much. It it is a really solid card, and since I had to stay on brand with with my type of card, it it had to be an equipment. I I sure. couldn't name That's anything fair. else. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dave, I think you and Lobert are probably two <laughs> of the magic players that I know that love mechanics and abilities more than anybody else. What, what do you got for this category? Uh, my answer to this is exactly the same as Lobert's answer to this, and uh, that's fair. If I if I can if I can go a little bit further, I will I will freely and shamelessly admit I created this entire category <laughs> so that I could just gush talk about I, I need to fangirl about land cycling i need to tell you how absurdly enthusiastic i am for gloomfang mauler and troll oh, of kazadoom i love it and yep. injector crocodile and the new black one from from ixalan like swamp yeah. cycling is berserk these days and so and, good and those are my favorite too. And, the swamp cyclers are my favorite too yep. the swamp cyclers are so good we got and Liam. in addition to everything Dave has just said, Lorien revealed. Yeah, right? When I looked at this category, I was sitting here like, that's an odd phrasing for a category. <laughs> Dave is I trying to ham fist it. in land cycling here. <laughs> and that's, that's when I was like, yeah, Lorien revealed is going to have to get mentioned. I'm not going to talk about Lorien revealed as the best new common because it's going to get so, mentioned here. I'm, because yeah. land cycling is going to get mentioned I'm, here. I'm glad that I'm glad that you read the category and were immediately like, <laughs> I see what Dave is doing. It's very clear. I Robert, see. <laughs> so Robert sent me his audio and like we were we were chatting a little bit afterwards and I was like, this was my answer and he was like, I know, Dave. <laughs> like I know. it was very clear to me what you wanted me to say here and I was like, oh no, <laughs> I'm typecast. But yeah, uh... like I can't. The swamp cyclers specifically are so good. Every single one of them is a creature. Yeah, they're so good. And black reanimates those so powerfully. Yep. I cannot get enough swamp cycling. Yep, yeah, same here. Big fan, big fan. See, I think Lobber's going to run away with this category with his suggestion. I also typed it in my list, land cycling, but I kind of like struck it out because I knew it'd be mentioned at least one time. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to mention my favorite mechanic of the year, new mechanic, and that's backup. 
I absolutely love the backup mechanic. Backup uh, is a, solid. It's so solid. There's a green death toucher. There's Sabira Cryptomancer that gives hexproof. Like it's just a really good, um, not overpowered mechanic. Like it doesn't find its way into a lot of decks, but the ones that do, when you get to back them up on you know using your commander or what have you, they're they're very powerful. They're very useful, very versatile. So. The, That's my favorite, but I I think land cycling gets it. The death toucher backup guy, the whatever serpent blade assailant. Yes, yep. Guy's an as a house, house super house. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah, uh, big, big fan of that. All right, all right, gentlemen. Final answer. <laughs> do, do we do we need to discuss <laughs> this really or can I just to? no? Uh, nope. Good good work, Robert. You nailed it. <laughs> You nailed it, Land cycling. No prompting involved. Land yep. cycling. We did it. Land cycling. I, I engineered mm. the whole thing for me. <laughs> for me. <laughs> well, happy happy Yargle Award, Land Cycling. You deserve it. All right. All right. You ready for the next uh, next category? Give it to me. Hello, and welcome to the PDH Pods Yargle Award for the most interesting new commander. I'll be your host, the Common Commander. To qualify for my list, a commander either has to unlock new strategy, meaning it puts together a 99 unlike any other commander, or it must sidegrade an existing strategy, letting you play classic strategies in new ways. As an example, Arwen unlocks scry-based strategies that had no real commander before her printing. Similarly, Teshar unlocks a mono-white combo and value-based deck around recurring creatures using artifacts. When it comes to classic strategies, Malik does a very interesting spell slinger things, with the unique factor being top deck manipulation. And Akiri is the perfect example of a side grade, as she trades the aggressiveness of other equipment commanders for resilience. Then there's my wildcard, Bill Fernie, who forces you to play horses in blue. Still, he cannot compare to my winner. Kutzil Malament Exemplar. <laughs> this new cat legend is very open-ended with what she wants you to do. As long as powers are increasing, she's happy. Kutzil also incentivizes strategies that move the game forward and likes to spread the love. On top of that, Kutzil has the text that stops opponents from casting during your turn. Generically good in any strategy, but uniquely powerful in CPDH. Kutzil makes her an interesting commander at any power level and in a multitude of strategies, which is why she is my winner. 2023 has many interesting commanders, however, so let's see what Brad, Liam, and Dave think. Thank you for that, Abby. That ended up going... I, I don't think I listened to that whole audio before the show. That ended up going a little bit different direction than I was expecting. I think it's this really well-reasoned. Oh, very well-reasoned, yes, say, I like I like the categories of... of, of things that the command... The metrics the commander had to, had to meet, like yeah. making a, a new 99 kind of being mechanically unique but but not quite if that yeah. makes sense. Right. And this yeah. is a super difficult category. I struggled right. with this most, one. Sure. Most most interesting is not well defined until yeah, it not. is <laughs> because Abby just nailed it. Uh, yep, pretty much, pretty much. Uh Liam, you want to start us off? Yeah, I'll start us off with this one. So the most interesting new commander came from one of the most interesting sets this year. Uh and that is the Doctor Who set. And the commander is Displaced Dinosaurs. The commander that says as a historic permanent enters the battlefield under your control, it becomes a 7-7 dinosaur in addition to its other types. I mean, there's there's a lot going on with this commander. There is. That that is not an effect that we really have right. <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> like, yeah. It it 
there's that there is simultaneously a lot and so little going on on this card and and so little just meaning like it's simple like it not that it's not powerful but it, it's it's simple yeah it's play very an artifact it's a seven yep. seven yeah the, and there's, there's just that one ability that just does the one thing <laughs> it's not complex but it is right. very game warping <laughs> yes <laughs> and and it's one of the most interesting new commanders to me this year that just came out of left field and yeah it really did it sort of rocked our community for like 12 hours when it was spoiled yeah it did a lot uh, i'm pretty interested to see what dave's got on his list for most interesting this was a very hard category for me so i, I want to see what you got dave i what you got i'm here to tell you today about the card that i think just like in gender like th- this is a card where you know you think about deck building according to you know Derek's pillars of like what is this what is this commander asking me to do and what is it going to do for me in return mm-hmm. uh the the weirdest and craziest commander for me by that metric is Xerix Strobe Knight oh god I forgot about that this one. is okay. the, yep. the yep. mono blue one. guy that is a super good one that's Th- a good one three mana two two flyer with just the goofiest ability and that is when you can tap it. You can tap this mono blue creature to create a two-two knight with vigilance. You just mm-hmm. this is a blue creature that taps to make a token, and like not yep. a small token, like two-two no. vigilance. That's that's a threatening token that you can just that tap to create. But you can yep. only use this ability if you've cast two spells this turn. Yep, which sounds like a bigger obstacle than it is. It's, yeah, it's not. you cast two draw spells. <laughs> well, what, the weirdest thing is, like, you cast two draw spells, but those draw spells are, like, Twitch and Jolt. And, yep, like, right. both of them yep. target the Strobe Knight to untap. Like, that's what the commander's asking you to do. It's asking you yep. to tap, to cast two spells a turn. Both of those should untap it. And then yep. you get, like, three knight tokens. And then it's asking you to play uh, Sunken City and Mightstone because you're in mono blue <laughs> in a go wide token deck. It's just yeah. so. It's 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 working off such a bizarre set of axes that we've never seen anything like before. Yeah, you just said it right there. Mono blue go wide tokens. Yeah, like, mono wide mono ha- blue we don't have that go wide token spell slinger. <laughs> like <laughs> right. <laughs> it's we just say wild a... visitor and the most tokens I've ever seen made off that is like four. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, so just such a goofy pile of words. <laughs> yeah, it, to, it really to is. all it put really together. Is. Yeah. What do you got for us, Brad? Uh, my my uh, most interesting new commander of the year is one of them is brand new. Actually, my my runner up is brand new, and my my overall pick is a downshift. Just because I think I went into like some sort of like decision paralysis on this one because there's so many yeah. uncommon. I mean, if you just sure. search Scryfall for 2023 uncommon creatures, you get hundreds. Mm-hmm. Like, literally. Yep. So I kind of struggled a little bit, but one that I think is super interesting. I don't think it's very good because I don't really see anybody play it since like three weeks after it was spoiled. And that's Gonti, Lord of Luxury. Oh, yeah. I think that's a super neat, super niche and neat uh, and interesting effect that we just don't have in Popper Commander. It's really, it's really awkward on spell table. You got to kind of yeah. like talk talk to the yep. table about that. But super is having this creature at uncommon, I think, is super cool for the format. And I think some as we grow as a format, and as we get obviously 
20 more sets a year, we're going to find cooler stuff to do with Gonti. So I think it's really cool. Uh, my runner-up is a brand-new Commander printed this year, and it's got my one of my all-time favorite mechanics on it, and that is Myriad, and it's the Dalek Squadron. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. That's my runner-up. It's super cool. I have not built around it. I, I've seen it played, and I've seen deck lists, and I've heard it's actually pretty good. But that's super, super neat to me, I think. I, I do have to step in here real quick and say it is the Dalek Squadron. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. It's off my list. That's it. That, like, it's, it's a soft A, not a hard A. <laughs> Dalek Squadron. Da- Dalek. I just, Dalek. I, I love mono black decks. And I love Myriad, and now we kind of get them both here. So I, I actually, like, the first time I saw a Dalek Squadron, I was like, ah, that's okay. And then I, I played against someone who had that deck built, and, like, the the just the stuff he was doing with the tokens every turn. He was like, you know, I attack with a Dalek Squadron, and then I'll Corrupted Conviction this one. And I'll, right. like, you know, sacrifice the other one to Carrion Feeder. I'm like, oh my god, I forgot that Black sacrifices creatures constantly. And being constantly able to make for... two free ones every turn... Like, yeah. and they have menace? Like, they're getting yeah. through. It's like, crazy. Yeah. Like, it's still nine damage and draw two cards this, and put counters on stuff. Yeah. Right. Like, this is another one that, you know, it's like the dinosaurs where, like, th- there's not a lot of text on it. It's very elegant in terms of design. But then, like, you start looking into, like, what is what are you going to do with this? And, like, the possibilities mm-hmm. just kind of go and go. Yeah. Yep. Like, Kutzel, Kutzel has a lot of text. And, all of it is super oh. relevant. She just, this is one oh, of those yeah, cards got, where like, gotta... you read the card and it just keeps going, and you're like, oh, it does uh-huh. that too? What? <laughs> and there's like no downside. And the, it's what, like, when half... does it stop? Right, yeah, like half, does it stop? halfway through that's reading how you the feel card, like it, that... you're, you're like... That's how you feel when you're playing it. You're like, when does <laughs> right, this stop? Right, like you get you get halfway through reading it, and you're like, <laughs> oh, I see. This is, this is one of those cards that costs eight mana, because it does 12 things, and you're like, oh no, it definitely just costs three, you know, I just... Yeah, that's mm, fine. Yep. Alright, okay, <laughs> sure. I, it dies to bolt, so, you know, it's perfectly... Di- oh, yeah, dies to it. bolt, balanced. Yep, done, um, balanced. All right, gotta pick a winner. Yeah, what do we think? <sighs> There's a lot of good ones. There's there it's, a lot of good this ones. Is a tough call. I like... Uh, well, obviously, I like my pick. I like the Ganti pick because it's just <laughs> different. Like, I don't know yeah. if it's super interesting, but it's very just, like, different. Like, it's yeah. just literally an effect that, like, affects the whole table, but it's something we don't have before. But I don't know if it's, like, super interesting there, to most people. There are so few PDH cards that let you play with your opponent's spells. Like, that's a yeah. thing that happens kind of a lot in EDH when you when you get rares involved. But, like, Ganti is, like, yeah, no, nothing, nothing else, I think, plays on that axis. Of like stealing yep. your opponent's stuff constantly, like breaches yep. kind of a little bit, but like not. I think sort not of, as yeah. much as Gonti. Yeah, not as much. And it, yeah. if you've ever seen Derek play his Strobe Knight deck, you, it's it's almost mesmerizing what yeah. that deck does. Yeah, it's, it's like it, it. It doesn't even feel bad to like lose to it because you're like, wow, I just watched that happen. Like that right. was really cool. It's so Strobe Knight's a super interesting one. Yeah, it is kind of hypnotizing. It's crazy. The displaced dinosaurs, kind of like Gonti, well, and the Strobe Knight, really, actually, all four of these that we're talking about, we do not have this effect. This is not an effect that they, you know, I feel like they're going to print in every set. Like this is a one of a kind, at least for a little while. And I don't know, it's crazy. It does big old mono green stuff. Yeah, but regardless, we still have to 
pick a winner. I I like all of these. I'm gonna. I kind of want to like abstain from the decision making process. Like I I want someone who feels more strongly about the decision to make it because I I will be I will I be really happy too. if all if any any of these five win. I would be delighted. Yep. Of these four, how about this? How, of these four, if you're listening to this, where you can comment, get us get at us on Twitter or in the Discord or whatever. Tell us what you think of these four. Who should be the winner? Because I I can't pick. Like I think Gonti's probably the last on the list. Of these four, but it's still pretty interesting. No, it is. Very, it's super interesting. Playing with your opponent's cards is not a thing that we really have. So right. yeah, so that's interesting. Like Kutil, your opponents can't play spells in your turn. Super interesting. And like, and it's got other abilities to back it up. And like, it's not just a grand abolisher. Like grand, like if it right, were just exactly. a stacks piece, that would be kind of like disappointing. But if it if it's giving you other value as well enough that it's like a really like powerful build around like that's interesting xerix strobe knight just does weird nonsense and displaced dinosaurs like nothing nothing else is going to turn your arcane signets into seven seven dinosaurs like all of these are interesting <laughs> that is a <laughs> damn good point yeah are we gonna uh, so yeah get at us all right mm-hmm. we'll let we'll let the we'll let chat decide voters choice yeah we'll let voters choice listeners choice all right all right sweet we ready for another category yeah. This is a big one. Wait oh, on yeah. me. Big, big category. Here we go. Hello, I'm Paul, or I go by Scarecrow1779 on Twitter, Discord, and Reddit. I'm one of the PDH Rules Committee members, and I'm here to announce the nominees for Best Downshift of the Year. First up is Nadier's Nightblade. Along with its companion burn engine, Mirkwood Bats, Nightblade has brought black token strategies out of the Dark Ages and into prominence by giving them a proper non-combat win condition. Speaking of tokens, our second nominee is Murmuring Mystic. Blue Spellslinger decks are flocking to this foul fortune teller eager to find a non-combo win condition, and boy have they found it. Continuing on the token track, the third nominee is Rapacious One. Red doesn't get many value engines, but this is one of the most powerful combat triggers a PDH deck can have in the 99, offering both bodies and mana, both of which are things PDH players are always hungry for more of. Fourth, continuing the combat trend, is Brass Knuckles. The first way to give anything in Sultai Colors double strike, this colorless equipment opens the door for many powerful synergies or can simply give your opponents a direct thrashing. Last up is a new and powerful defensive tool, Sulfurous Blast. This red board wipe is unique for its moderate cost, high damage, and pressure to life totals all combined into one neat bundle. With this spell in hand, you'll certainly be able to make sure no one is having a blast except you. All right, that is a quite quite a list. Honestly, like it's there was, list. we talked about it's this in the pre-show. List. There was so many good downshifts to common this year that, other than the Nightblade, I had sort of forgot about the rest of his list. Right, <laughs> and I played them. I played them in all kinds of decks, and I just forgot about them. <laughs> yeah. So, I I almost wanted to exclude the Nightblade entirely from my list because of the existence of bats. Yeah. We've already given That's Bats fair. a Yargle. We don't need to give it a like, second one. Well, That's yeah, we, we gave the Bats a Yargle, and it's better than Nightblade, so we don't need to give the same effect a second one. But but my, my whole point there is, like, the Bats were printed, and then Nightblade got downshifted. Yes. Like, yeah. like back-to-back. Lord of right, the Rings right. and then Commander Masters. Like, and yeah. that feels like a decision that was made after they realized Bats was printed. Yeah. And... I just, I don't know. Like it, it, it feels kind of like a ham-fisted downshift. Hmm. Is what it feels like. Like it's I, good. It's I, a good I think downshift. It, only, it just, I think it just it only feels like that because of the bats. Like it does. If, yes. Yes. If 
because if you look at the rest, the surrounding set, the Commander Masters set that surrounds the Nightblade, there's a ton of downshifts that just like don't work with Lord of the Rings cards. I think this was just probably purposeful, but it was yeah. just timing. And I, I like that all of the uh, the downshifts Paul talked about uh, deal with tokens. <laughs> yes, I, like I do love that. <laughs> uh, so, so what do you got? What do you got, Liam? For oh, go ahead, Dave. Yeah, I was just gonna ask Liam what he's got. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There we go. All right. So actually, my 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 pick actually comes from Paul's list, which makes me feel super validated. Yeah, yeah. That's how you know you got it right. Like that's that's what I did with Lobber. Exactly. Right. Except uh-huh. except yep. I had to very you know carefully engineer the entire category <laughs> to make yeah. sure that that happened. But it does feel good. Yeah. Do Hashtag do either no, of you no collusion? Do either of you uh, know which one it is? Uh, what your pick is? I have no idea. Uh, it's not Nadia's Nightblade. I know which one I think you're picking. It's got to be the Knuckles. That's, that's it's what the I Knuckles. It's, yeah. it's got to be the Brass Knuckles. It's yeah. just so good. The the equipment that when it was printed, I was so upset it wasn't a common because it, it very easily could have been in Capenna. There was no r- real reason it needed to be an uncommon. Sure. You know, it at at the time at Capenna's release, it felt slightly too powerful for a common, but slightly too underpowered for an uncommon. And I'm I'm glad that got rectified here in, in a high powered master set that it got a downshift because yeah, oh like, boy, a year and a half double later. strike. Whew. I know. I know. Double strike and colorless. Ugh, oh, I love it. I love it so much. Right, and I think that's that's something that doesn't get said enough is that it's double strike, but it's in colorless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is huge. It's huge. double strike Not on small. two things in colorless. Right. Like, Not small. Oof. Not it's small. So good. Not small. And one of the things those things already has a Beamtown beat stick, and that's just two treasures. Right. Right. Yeah. Is huge. Just bingo, bango, bongo. Yeah. Yep. Piles of value. Yeah. Brad, well, Dave, you, is your oh me? Yeah, what do you got for us? Sure, I, I, I've got. A... I low key think that you and I might have the same card, and so I want you to go first. Really? <laughs> yeah. I honestly, I have. I, I split them in between. So this is best downshift. I picked mm-hmm. two commons and two uncommons. We don't have to go into all of them or anything like that. We'll do, do the uncommons in a second. Focus on commons now. Yep. Focus on commons. I really, really struggled between these two, so they're both in my list. They're two cards that I play a ton of. Uh, the latter, the second ones, I don't play as much of because I don't typically play... I have, like, one of this type of deck built. Um, but the first one is All That Glitters. I, It's my favorite downshift of the year without... And it's not even close. Not even close, ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's... It never... I don't... Not that I've seen... I don't think it's opened up new archetypes or anything like that, but it, it has added a level of power that a downshift to common rarely brings to existing decks. Yeah. It Granted, is, when you get... Oh, go ahead. It is on the level of, like, Bats or Nightblade, where it's a thing that, like, you know, if it resolves, it's gonna... Someone's gonna die. Yeah, it it's trouble if it resolves. And when, yeah. when it's on the stack, you are the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, that's a good one. It's my favorite. The second one, I kind of struggled with. I wasn't totally sure. I mean, I know it shows up in decks. I just don't play these type of decks very often and that's gutter snipe i think this is the the downshift to common for gutter snipe was huge for, for spell slinger list huge for is it is it list model red list whatever you want to do i just don't play a ton of them so i don't know how well it's actually performing i never hear 
uh, anyone say, man, I was playing TPA, TPI the other night and gutter snipe like killed the whole table. Like I don't hear stuff like that. So I don't know how actually well it's performing, but I think it's a huge, huge downshift uh, for the format. <laughs> those, those are the two cards that were on my list. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look I at was, that. It was all the glitters and gutter snipe. Those were the two cards. I decided that I, my, my vote was going to go to all the glitters because gutter snipe is going to occupy the space of like the you know seventh or eighth spell trigger pinger that we have now exactly because um, exactly. like we yep. got we got the unruly catapult like like there there's no replacement for all the glitters like there really isn't all the glitters not... is the only all the glitters we have gutter snipe is like the eighth gutter snipe like gutter snipe is the best gutter snipe well, sure, sure but it's sure. like and the, the thing about gutter snipe that, that i was thinking about just a moment ago is like if you have turns where you're only casting one spell a turn Gutter Snipe has the same damage output as Thermo Alchemist and Unruly Catapult. Yep. Because like those yep. those get the one That's damage like for free, yep. and then the second damage when you cast your spell, Gutter Snipe is just going to give you the two damage for casting the spell. Like if you're casting three or four spells for a turn, Gutter Snipe's going to outpace it catastrophically. But like yep. if you only and got it's... the one, and and like even for stuff, if you're only casting one spell for turn, like Thermo Alchemist has the same damage output and is going to draw you more cards. It's going to get you more triggers off of Tandem Lookouts and Ophidian Eyes and Sigil of Sleeps. There you go. So yep. so in, in hindsight, I think the Gutter Snipe is maybe slightly less impactful than I thought it was. So my vote was for so all the too. glitters. It was just like, I think the downshift of Gutter Snipe sort of took every, caught everybody off guard. I don't think anyone expected it. Yeah. And then just like, bam, bam, here it was. Because like it was a command out over it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very good commander. Yeah. I mean, and so was so was Rapacious one. Sure. Yeah. You know, and Rapacious one like like Scarecrow mentioned, I love that card. It's remarkable. It's in so many of my decks. I love mm -hmm. making all the tokens. You know, it's crazy. I don't play Sulfur's Blast a whole lot. Knuckles is in a bunch of my decks. Murmuring Mystic, I play that one more than I play Gutter Snipe, but I just somehow blanked on all those options. So Yeah, I they like I I sort of knew about them, but like I I think every single one of these is great. I I think that Paul made a remarkable list and then justified yes. every single one of them. I would be delighted to see any one of these win. Uh, but my, yeah, I would too. my vote is going to go to all the glitters. Same here. And it's one of those cards that before it was downshifted, it was just one of my favorite cards that had ever been printed. I, mm -hmm. I would buy every copy I found mm -hmm, just because mm -hmm. I loved it. I, I, and it's here now and it's wild. It's, you yeah. know, making huge waves and 60 card popper. It's super powerful in our format. Like it's just, if we had to pick a winner, that, that's my winner. Regardless of what the actual Yargle goes to, Like that's my winner for sure. What do you think, Liam? I th I think that between all that glitters and gutter snipe, it's got to be all that glitters. Like David said, there's just there's nothing that replaces it. Yeah. We're, we, I mean, there's nothing that replaces Knuckles either. If you if you want to if you want to give a Yargle to Knuckles, I would I would be super happy giving a Yargle to Knuckles. I am extremely happy to give a yogurt to all that glitters as well. Okay, sweet. Let's uh, let's give that one to all the glitters with a with a honorable mention for brass knuckles. Yeah, I mean, we're making the rules they, as we go. We can just give it to both. But they work so yeah. well together. You know like, what? All the all the glitters gives you bonuses because you have two knuckles. Like, let's go. There you go. We are so, making up the rules as we go. Let's give the yogurt to right. both of them. Um, both, both of them. I. 
I see an extra category in here. Yeah, I need to tell you all <laughs> about how I goofed a little bit here. Um, okay. I reached out to Paul. I was like, here's what I want from you. I want an introduction to the article category, best downshift. I didn't explain what that meant. Uh, and when he asked me clarifying questions, I had a big kind of dum-dum moment and didn't actually clarify that Anything. this could mean two things. <laughs> we could mean the best downshift too common that goes in the 99, or it could mean the best downshift too uncommon that can be your commander. So True. I'm introducing the second half of this category, best downshift awesome. too uncommon that can be your commander. It's everything I just said, and we don't have audio for it because, again, uh, Dave goofed on this one. Um, so <laughs> on, Paul, Paul isn't going to tell us what he thinks the best downshift is, and I regret not having that info. Uh, but Liam is going to tell us what he thinks the best downshift is. Uh, I don't have to go fuss in all of them. Uh, I can go first if you want. I'll tell you what I think. No, no, no. I, I got this one. Nope. So, so the best downshift in terms of commandos is, is a really tough pick. I think the top, like, three to five, 100% all come from the Commander Masters set. Because your options are Commander Masters, Dominator Remastered, which was kind of iffy uh and then like random things that maybe got downshifted throughout the year and like a commander product and and commander masters takes the cake like in yeah, in absolutely. every metric so i i think I, I think we're all going to say something from commander masters but the one that stands out to me personally is kemba car regent oh well that cuts my list in half <laughs> <laughs> i think that kemba is an amazing addition to the suite of equipment matters commanders that we have. Yeah, absolutely. And not just Voltron commanders. I'm saying like equipment matters because the the playstyle of Kemba could go in. Let's just suit Kemba up and make a bunch of tokens and hope that wins. It could go. Let's suit Kemba up and then have token payoffs. Or it could be let's suit Kemba up, make a bunch of tokens, and then give those tokens the equipment that made them. Uh, <laughs> I like that one personally, but I, I think that, that Kemba gave us a nice refresh on an archetype that had begun to feel a little stale. Well, that's a really good way to put it, yeah. I like that, yeah. I agree. Yep, she was uh, definitely one of my picks. What do you got, Dave? I there wanna... was a million to choose from. This I wanna... was also a hard category. I want to tell you about the uh, the word of our Lord and Savior, the only... <gasps> Legendary zombie turtle in the format, uh, Gorex the Tomb Shell. You know, I not to interrupt you. I really don't you, like Gorex. <laughs> when this was when this was spoiled as a downshift, you were super excited, and I was like, okay, cool. I don't know, cool. I've never played it before. It was always a rare. I didn't, you know, whatever. I never played it. And then I think you were on one of Lobert's first streams after these cards were available in paper, and you played it. And I watched the game. I've actually watched the edited video twice already. Gorix is hella cool. Gorix like, is so cool. I did not like compute all the things that you could do with this turtle, with this zombie turtle, until yeah. I saw you playing it. I'm like, oh, and that, oh, and that, and that, and that. Like it just kept the value it, train just kept going and it going. It keeps going. happening. Sorry to steal your thunder, but yeah, it, go ahead. it does not cease to transpire. And, like, there's nothing you can do to make it cease. Like, it's not the kind of thing where you're like, oh, I'll kill Gorix, and then it'll stop it. Like, no! <laughs> like, <laughs> killing Gorix does nothing. 
Nothing. <laughs> and it's amazing. Stone nothing. Yep. You, you get nothing. You lose. Good day. Like it's just Good day. <laughs> it's just a four four death toucher that attacks you forever. And like gives you yep. a creature in your hand every time it attacks. And like there it just happens. <laughs> like without ever stopping. I love it. It's come on, zombie turtle. Like that's yeah. amazing. It's I I've had like we got a ton of really, really cool downshifts, especially CMM is gonna you're gonna we're gonna hear about that a lot in this episode, Commander yeah. Masters. Yep. Um I didn't build any of them. I was so hyper focused on Gorks that I just I put all my energy into Gorks. <laughs> I I play tested Gorks for a week and I was tinkering it with it and like you know, shifting things around. I was, you know, editing the land count, like trying to like at first, I was like, oh, land cyclers are okay, and then I played it with it. I was like, no, land cyclers are great. I'm going to add Darksteel Citadel and Vault of Whispers so that I can run Sojourner's Companion and land cycle it twice and then cast it for five, <laughs> I guess. Like, that's uh-huh. not a good plan, <laughs> but it's so good in Gorks. Like, I'm it's on so every single land cycler. Like, no, yeah, I, I spent like a week just, you know, tinkering with Gorks and messing around with it, like, yeah, it's so much fun. I cannot get enough of this stupid zombie turtle. Yep. Also, I gave it googly eyes. <laughs> oh, I, even better. I, I glued googly eyes onto the card. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. <sighs> Amazing. Brad, what do you got for us? Good. Best good downshifted pick, commander. Pick. Best downshifted commander. I actually forgot that this one was released this year. Uh, I guess it was a longer year than I expected. But one of my... I, I get little little pleasures when I'm playing a game of PDH, and one of them is when the active player gives a little sigh and then says, what color is your spirit monger? <laughs> because that's a, that's a thing that can change as much as you want it to. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my choice for best downshifted commander spirit monger. I know we had a ton in commander masters, but I literally I haven't played with hardly any of them. Um, and this is one of my favorite creatures, like just kind of all time, like back from even Apocalypse days. I don't think I played in Apocalypse. I definitely didn't play when this thing was like ravaging the limited environment, but it's just such a cool creature and it's so powerful. It regenerates. It can become the color you want to protect itself. It gets counters like there's no downside. It's a five mana six, six with pretty much no downside. It's in Golgari, which is amazing. Like just everything about this card is awesome. This one when it was downshifted to uncommon, this got all kinds of people's attention, like EDH players, 60 card players. Like if you've been around for any amount of time, you know, this card and you know, it's powerful. Like I got tagged or pinged or whatever on Twitter, probably 10 times from different people. Like, did you see this downshift? Did you see this downshift? And I like built it right away and it's, you know, I keep the, the deck updated and everything. So that's my choice. I love it. I don't know if it'll uh, necessarily win a Yargle, but in my heart, it already has one. I love that. I, I, uh, what do you, what do you, what are we given the best downshift to here? Oh God, there's so many good ones. I think of these three spirit monger Gorks and Kimba, I, I would be inclined to give it to Kimba. Okay. I feel like that's a more generically powerful commander. I, I do like that it, opens up Voltron strategies in like a new way. Like it, this is go yeah. wide. It's like it's like Valduk where you want to do Voltron stuff, but the real goal is going wide. Like that to me that's a really cool space to be playing around with. So I'm happy yeah. giving this one to Kemba. Cool. Cool cool cool. Cool cool. Y- Yargle and Kemba. Congratulations, Kemba. Kemba. 
Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up we have a little, uh, it's not a category, but we got something from Mr. Bobby Beefine. We're going we're gonna to pass the mic over to him. Thanks, Brad, Dave, and Liam. 2023 was the Popper Commander community's coming out party. We saw Popper Commander events happening on a larger scale more this year than ever before. Let's take a quick look back at all the action that took place in 2023 with the fastest three minutes, PDH edition. We started 2023 off in the city of brotherly love, where in March, Dallas Walker hosted their second installment of the Riches to Rags tournament series. 29 players battled through four rounds of Swiss until we were left with the final table featuring Gretchen, Viscopa Guildmage, Third Path Iconoclast, and then format boogeyman Tadiova. In the finals, Tadiova tried to combo off early, but was met with a quick demise. After a back and forth fight over resources, yours truly, Bobby B. Fine, was able to make Gretch happen and snag a win by making all of the mana and drawing all of the cards. In May, we traveled to, well, actually, uh, nowhere, as the first of the Sanctuary PDH Open Series tournaments took place online via Discord and Spelltable. Sixteen brave souls showed out, and it seems like they had taken note of the happenings in Philly, as we saw four copies of Gretchen and three copies of Third Path Iconoclast. After three rounds of Swiss, the finals matchup came down to a battle between Abdel Sword Corsailor, Malcolm Dargo, Third Path Iconoclast, and reigning champion Gretchen. The final game had no shortage of action, but it ended in a blink of an eye. An infinite number of blinks, actually, as an undefeated Gator Bait was able to combo off and walk away, trophy in hand. The PDH community then flocked to the Motor City in June, where the biggest tournament of PDH history took place at RRW Hobbies, affectionately named PDHCon. We saw an all-star game roster of attendees, including everyone's favorite rules committee members, pods, pals, creators, and even a Scooby Drew. 44 players competed over five rounds of Swiss, during which RC member Paul, aka Scarecrow1779, turned RIW into the hottest spot north of Havana. The Viscopa Cabana, that is. He piloted Viscopa Guildmates to the top of the standings after Swiss, followed closely by Aaron Street Urchin, Risen Reef, and Sprite Dragon. August brought us the second installment of the Sanctuary Open Series. This time, 15 players played three Is It Filled rounds as we saw blue-red decks make up roughly 45% of the decks in attendance. None of that seemed to bother Mini CJ, though, whose tournament soundtrack featured the song Wake Me Up, Attack with Dargo. She managed to navigate her way to victory against a final spot featuring a slew of familiar faces, Gretchen, Malcolm Kedis, and Abdel, Agent of the Iron Throne. She and her trusted companions, Dargo, the life total wrecker, and everyone's favorite lizard, Kedis, smashed face, quickly reducing everyone's life totals to zero in chunks of seven at a time. Just days later, we had another showdown back in Philadelphia at the third Rat Richest to Rags tournament. The forecast called for a high probability of Elisil Core, an Abdel agent of the Iron Throne, thanks to a prize for the highest performing black-white deck. But make no cheesesteak about it. Everyone came to game. Once the dust settled after 36 players finished their four rounds of Swiss, the decks left standing were Third Path Iconoclast, Seder Enchanter, Rosa Rail, and Abdel Candlekeep Sage. Ross and his Third Path Iconoclast list didn't pull any punches, 
and after a Nile spellbomb was quickly disposed of, he channeled his inner Rocky. Yo, Abdel Adrian! He muttered as he took a page out of Abdel's book and ghostly flickered Peregrine Drake and Arden Elementalist over and over and over until his opponents were no more. While September didn't have any tournament action, there was plenty popping off at MagicCon Las Vegas. No tournaments, no problem. The PDH community swarmed Sin City. Banners, tokens, and stickers in tow. Many games were had. Many new players introduced to the format. Not Alcadron accounts changed hands or didn't change hands. Honestly, we may never know. What we do know is that one of the best parts about Magic the Gathering is the gathering. And Vegas highlighted this like no other event. Slinging comments, making friends, and TARDIS photo ops. Who could ask for more? To close out the year, we had 20 people in attendance for the third Sanctuary Open. In a surprising turn of events, no two decks among the 20 shared the exact same commanders, although one certain blue pirate was seen with a variety of partners on the day. Four competitors remained in contention for the top spot after four rounds. Malcolm Kedis, Malcolm Arden, Sater Enchanter, and Abdel Sorko Sailor. Whoever said PDH is a slow format clearly didn't watch this finals match as Gatorbait landed a turn one Malcolm and then followed it up by going infinite with a reckless weaver turn pirate two turns later. It's a pirate's life for Gator, the now two-time, two-time Sanctuary Open champion. While there are certainly plenty of other PDH events in 2023, both near and far, big and small, this really just all goes to show that our fun little format is quickly growing. 2023 was a huge year for Popper Commander, and I, for one, cannot wait to see what 2024 has in store for it. Back to you guys in the studio. Wow. Dude, I'm <laughs> losing it. That was so great. Incredible. Bobby B. Fine, everyone. Ladies oh. and gentlemen. Uh, the man's got Who? talent. Talent. He has got some serious talent. For days. I... Okay. All these events, all these cons, all these get-togethers. Dave, who's the winner of all these? Every single one of us. You got that right. But mostly me. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> as long as you throw us some, some Yargle scraps, oh, we're, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. we're good. Yeah, I mean, all of us get the Yargle, but I get the Yargle the most. Oh. I don't even know ah, if that's okay. true. I wasn't even at Vegas. Yeah, or was I? True. Not Alcadron. <gasps> well, I don't know. Oh. I'm not going to. Something. <laughs> Did it change hands? Did it not? Honestly, it's very unclear. It is kind of unclear. Oh, awesome stuff, Bobby. Thanks for that. And great recap. Yeah, all the events were fantastic. In person, online, spell table. I didn't make it to the Philly events, but just hearing about people, uh, their their experiences there, seeing them tweet about it, social media, all the good stuff. It just, for events and conventions, it was a stellar year for Popper Commander. It was good. Yeah, good stuff. I, now we have... We have that little audio bit to just keep with us forever. If forever. We ever, if we ever want to be reminded about whether or not we should make a cheesecake <laughs> about it, we can just play that back for us and we can know. Uh, wake me up. Attack with Dargo. Yep. Oh, yes. That, that one is uh, in the in the vault. I, I That was on my hard drive. I, that, that, I, that's for I me just, now. I, I just can't believe Bobby is still trying to make Gretsch happen. <laughs> Come on, Bobby. Uh, that's so 2022. <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, 
All right, are we ready for another gigantic category? Yeah. Take take me to the next category, boss. What do we got? Let's do it. What's going on, PDH people? This is your boy, a.k.a. the TryHard6 on X, and underscore play underscore everywhere else. I'm here to introduce the Yargle category for the best new commander of 2023. As per usual, I'm going to exert a little cool guy influence and give you two options. The runner-up being Phyrexian Sensor and the mainstay, the main bay being Teshar Ancestor's Apostle. Both of these cards have single-handedly created opportunities that were not previously available to PDH players in 2023. So while Teshar Ancestor's Apostle is my number one pick, Phyrexian Sensor is a very, very close second. Thank you for that, Clay. And that was, I did not expect those two. His was one of the audios I didn't listen to ahead of time, and I I was not expecting those two. Uh, What do you think, Liam? What do you got on your list? I think it's awfully bold of Clay to suggest two mono white options. <laughs> that was surprising. That was surprising. Both yeah. of which, both of which, I actually am not surprised. These these are two that I I 100 expected him to mention. Uh, I am a little surprised he didn't mention the one that I picked though, which is also white, but it's not just white. It's it's white green. That is the follow up to Phyrexian Sensor Cutsel Malamet Exemplar. There has been a lot of talk about Cutsoul in the community since it was spoiled. I know that people were comparing it to Phyrexian Sensor, and while you know the the argument for Sensor is that it it pioneered new space and Cutsoul has kind of built up that space, I think the argument for Cutsoul there is that it provides a second color, which provides a stronger deck. Uh, there's some card advantage there too. Yes, I that, could that oh. as well. Kutzel has yep. the words draw a card like right right <laughs> yeah. in her text box. Right. It's but I'm focused on the second color. Sure. Yeah, I mean it does both of those things. What do you got, Dave? I so I have a choice. I have it written down. I'm wondering okay. now why so so we we just talked about before before Bobby's thing. We talked about best downshift uh, best downshifted commander and now we're talking about the best new commander and like my answer is a downshift that isn't gorks <laughs> interesting i yeah i'm like teshar is here and like we didn't talk about teshar with downshifts and like uh i feel like i might be doing this wrong maybe i'm just making up words hashtag professional podcaster my choice hashtag for best new commander of the year is subira oh that was Ooh. that was on my list yeah yep the the caravaner i this is one where I like I saw it and I was like, oh, that's gonna be a really cool deck. I want to see someone build that deck. I was I was hyper focused on Gorks, like I said. I did not build Subira, but uh, John of the Pals like threw together just in the most like half-assed display I've ever seen. Threw together four meta Subira like while I was there and just brought it into a game. And I was like, just it was the most mind-blowing thing watching how <laughs> catastrophically well all the pieces came together. And, like, there were pieces that I was like, yeah, I think that's what the deck is going to look like. But seeing it in action was remarkable. I love John's Subira deck a lot. Yeah, I think I watched most of that Subira game when he first built it. 
Yeah. Because it was like immediate. Like the card yeah. was spoiled and like the next stream <laughs> he had a deck for it. Yep. The yep. next yep. day. Yep. Yeah, and it was super impressive. That's a very good one. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a very good choice. What uh, do you got I for us? With, I went with one that honestly I haven't played yet. I've only played against it and I've lost to it quite a bit, but I'm always impressed with how it performs. And it's also a mono color, but I went with Gore Claw, the mono green. Uh, mine is also a downshift, actually. <laughs> I, yeah. I cannot shake Maybe the feeling that we either. misunderstood the assignment here. I I, uh, I feel like when when one of the categories is best downshifted commando, the category best new commando cannot include downshifts. We, Maybe that's I, it. We might have to give this one to. Kutsil or the sensor, <laughs> and then maybe also take away Kemba's. No, I, no, no, no. Okay, Kemba right. got downshift fair and square. Okay, uh-huh. okay. I can. I can you you could have mentioned Goreclaw and Subira up there. Instead, you had to mention Gorex, whatever, whatever the heck that is. It's Gorks. 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 Yeah. Gorks. It's like Gorex. Gorks. There's an e in there. Not, not how I spell it. I can pivot though. Okay. Zero. New commander. Got it. Is Neva from Wilds of Eldraine. That's my choice. It's a good choice. I've tinkered around on Moxfield's playtest with the version of the deck. I've seen, I've played against Lobert's version and I've seen him play it in other pods. It's just not, it's super cool. It's super unique for Orzov, but it's not quite there yet. It's, it's still really grindy, really slow. And it's more, uh, more value than proactiveness. I don't know if those are two things you can compare. Um, like it does the thing and it does it well and it does other stuff along those same lines, but if it sort of struggles to like push the game forward, push you closer to the finish line, that sort of thing. So I think it's a really cool commander and since it cares about creatures dying or being in your graveyard and enchantments and all that sort of stuff and, you know, combat to a certain extent, I there's it can only go up from here. They're never gonna print anything that makes the card worse. So I'm pretty excited for it. I'm gonna keep my eye on it. I'm gonna keep tinkering with the uh the list I have going, and we'll see where it goes. Cool. All right, we're, we got to pick a winner. Yes, I vote. Of these four, we got Firexin Sensor, Teshar, uh, Neva, Sabira, and Kutzil. I I ugh, I do love Sabira, but I think I got to give it to Kutzil. I got to give it for to me. Kutzil. Yeah, it's too nonstop. <laughs> yeah, Kutzil's too too much yeah 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 i think i think kutzel should should take this one although i i do love i love the sensor i love teshar yeah they're all really cool really good choices but the cat warrior gets the yargle yeah uh shout out to abby who told us an hour ago that kutzel deserved a yargle and we were like yep <laughs> no let's talk about other things no we got it let's we got on. there yep. we got there kutzel, kutzel <laughs> yep. got the yargle we, yeah. yeah very good very powerful very good very powerful all right let's move on to a little bit different of a category this time around you ready yeah hello yargle award listeners this is archon mage with the pdh pals here uh, and I'm here to bring you my nomination for the Yargle Award category of Most Disappointing New Commander of 2023. Um, this, my choice might come as a bit of surprise to you, but I am nominating Displaced Dinosaurs as the most disappointing commander that came out in 2023. 
Um, I've personally built this, and I have to say, with the games that I've had, this deck has left me a little disappointed. Um, of course, my first game was very satisfying. It did kind of what you'd expect it to do, and kind of just steamrolled over the competition. Um, but then most games afterwards have felt f I fell flat. I've either died before he's come out, or he comes out and just immediately gets countered or killed. Um, which just leaves for a very disappointing experience. Um, so that is my pick for most disappointing commander that came out in 2023. I would also like to add an honorable mention for the category um, as a Bears Companion teamer enjoyer here. Um, I was disappointed that in the Lord of the Rings set that we got a Legolas counter of kills in Simic and a Gimli counter of kills in red, and both of their effects working so well together and them not having partner is absolutely disappointing. Yeah, I think those two not being able to partner together is a huge miss. I was I'm quite upset about that. Huge not that miss. not that a rule not that a rule zero can't fix that, however. I... I, my rule zero is uh, you can partner together any two creatures who are vi like unquestionably just aggressively gay for one another. I like that. Too. That's that's there you go. that's the that's the threshold of like should I partner these? Uh, Gimli and Legolas, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, Alluring suitor and Markov Walter, they basically have it printed right on the card. Uh, Heiko and Norika, no. They're cousins. That's weird. Yep. <laughs> That's a little weird. Yeah. I was really surprised by the Displaced Dinosaurs take uh, yeah. the, the first time I listened to this. But the more I think about it, the more I, like, from, from, from the perspective of this is a deck that I was really excited about and my play experience with it has, has left me really disillusioned, I can totally get that. Like this is one hundred percent. The dinosaurs is a deck that you're just gonna fill with like fifty mana rocks, because with the dinosaurs in play, every single one of those mana rocks is seven seven. But without the dinosaurs in play, your deck doesn't do anything. Correct. And like if the dinosaurs gets killed or countered, like it costs seven mana. If you're gonna try to play nine for it or like eleven, like your hand is full of these, you know, whatever Urgolum's eyes and like uh ever flowing chalices and like you're caught in this bizarre thing where like i could cast these to try and get up to 11 mana to recast the dinosaurs and then my hand will be empty and the dinosaurs won't do anything because i don't have any <laughs> rocks left or i could try to hold them in my hand and try to draw into some lands to get up to 11 mana and hope i can recast the dinosaurs for 11 and hope no one has a kill spell by then so that i can next cast, yeah. cast my arcane signet on turn 14 like 14 and make a 7 7 <laughs> that's just a really bad place to be in so like i can absolutely yeah. understand the play patterns of the dinosaurs because the deck does nothing without your commander like that sure. is a perfectly reasonable take and i respect it so what's your take dave i think that the most who has let you down oh i got a i got a big list uh I got a list. <laughs> grab grab a snack and buckle yourself in because i want to tell you all about right. all of the myriad different ways i've been disappointed do it um First of all, Grima Wormtongue contains one of my favorite lines of text ever printed on a card, your opponents can't gain life, and the yep. rest of the card is so catastrophically disappointing. 
<laughs> it's a sack you engine. You are not wrong. You're you not wrong. You can tap it to sack a creature. Great. Love that. To make target player lose one life. Wah, wah. It's not even each player. Target player no. loses a life. Yep. They could lose two life if it's legendary. Thanks for nothing, idiot. It's <laughs> not going to be nothing. legendary. <laughs> so Grima's just really, like... I want I want the text your opponents can't gain life to be on good cards and Grima is sure. not it. Quick little honorable mention here. Uh Commander Masters gave us a downshift of Multani, who's a seven mana trampler with power and toughness equal to the number of lands you control. Mm-hmm. At the same time that it gave us a downshift of Rampaging Brontodon, which is a seven mana trampler with power and toughness equal to seven plus the number of lands you control. <laughs> having having one of these just always be seven seven bigger than the other was pretty wild. I was uh I was a little shocked yep. by that. Sahili's lattice is the artifact that crafts with two dinosaurs in mono okay. red. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough dinosaurs. Yeah, I, I'm so yeah. excited. I want this card to work. It seems really cool. We do not have the resources to make it work yet. Yep. This is a, here's a deck that I designed and then played around with for you know a few days on Moxfield, playtesting it, trying to goldfishing it, and it just never performed how I wanted it to. Sure. Sibylline Soothsayer is a uh, red card from the Doctor Who set that lets you basically. It's sort of like Reverse Cascade. Where when you play it, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you get mm-hmm. to reveal cards from the top of your deck until you get a creature that costs more than three, and you get to play that card for free. The problem is, uh, so I, I mean, I, I guess I designed a deck where like my curve went. I had a bunch of drops at one and two, and then everything else was like six, seven, eight, mm-hmm. and you get to cheat one of those things into play immediately, which is super fun. And then it's mono red, so you don't have a good way to like bounce or reuse or recycle the soothsayer. Right. Uh, you can sacrifice it, and then you're paying five mana to get a free five mana spell. And at some point, you just got to be like, why didn't I just hard cast this? So like, it's <laughs> the the actual play lines for Sibylline soothsayer not not as good. And the card that's going to get my actual vote, the card that I wanted to be good and is just not at all good. Yes, hit us with it. Nikonzil, the Simic Explore Matters legendary oh, Merfolk God, yeah. from Ixalan. Yeah. I read the text of the card and I got really excited about building an Explore deck. And then I looked at the card pool and I was like, oh, there's three. <laughs> yep, there's three. Yeah. I, like four if you count maps, I guess. Yeah, it's just not, it's not there. And I'm really upset about that. Okay, those are my five choices for most disappointing commander of the year. That's a a great choices. I am easily angered, it turns out. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Liam, who hurt you this year? Kologon Warmonger. Kologon Warmonger hurt me this year. Oh, that Uh, is a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the six commanders we got from the Aftermath set. It's Mm -hmm. the Tarkir related one, which is why it got built. I went into it knowing it wasn't going to be terribly good because we just don't have a density of dragons that makes it good. Yep. But it ended up being worse 
than what I thought it was going to be. Worse than not good. And I played it once in paper uh-huh. and said, nope, this ain't it. And then I dismantled it, which makes me really sad because it's really pretty good. I have the I got the foil showcase and the foil etched and the regular foil. I might have a problem. Yeah, you might have a Tarkir problem. But it looks so pretty. It does. Why did it, it have to be so bad? <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to rebuild it at some point. Yeah. Even though it's bad. It's got and cool text. Like, it seems like it just do cool things. We just need, like, kind of like Dave was saying, we just don't yeah. have enough red dinosaurs like, or red dragons or whatever. Yeah, like I'll build it and then I'll dismantle it and then I'll build it again and then I'll dismantle it again. And then I know, it's a vicious cycle. It. Yeah, I know what's going to happen, but I'm I'm still I'm still going to do it. And that's okay. How that's about okay. you, Brad? What was the most disappointing commander of your year? I actually have two of them, and it's funny that we all picked red commanders. Mine are red-based. like They're both multicolor, but uh, there's red in each of them. And they're super cool. I don't know. I think they're cool. They just don't. One of them is disappointing when you actually read the text box. And the other one, I played around a little bit, theorized some decks, play-tested it, this and that. And it just, just sort of like falls apart on the battlefield, which is kind of an important zone in our game. Uh, the first one is Theoden, King of Rohan, the Boros 2-3, that when he ETBs or another human creature ETBs under your control. That sounds awesome because you're in white. Flicker, here we go. Target creature gains double strike until the end of turn. Wah, wah. Like... Just one creature gets double strike until the end of turn. That's not what I'm trying to do in Boros. We have a ton of Boros commanders. I was hoping that it would be like, your team gets double strike, or an anthem, or just something more interesting you know, than just, oh, okay, your 2-2 becomes a 4-2. Oh, good luck. Like, That's not what I'm trying to do. So I was really stoked for it, and it just didn't end up panning out. And then one that I actually messed around with and maybe I haven't built it right, but it just it just could not. It it lost to itself, like it would die to itself more than anything. And that's <laughs> Judith, the Scourge Diva, mm-hmm. the two two. You know, your other creatures get plus one plus zero. Oh. When a non-token creature dies, Judith deals one damage to any target. Like all of that reads really cool. It is just hard to build a deck where a lot of your non-token creatures die often. Like, if you're going to do this whole Judith thing, just play the the pinger I can never remember the name of. The Mayhem Rakdos Devil. Pinger. Yeah, just play Mayhem Devil. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's not worth it. The extra mana and the plus one, plus oh that you get is just not worth it. It's not worth it at all. Yeah, I got I got really excited to see that Judith got downshift because I just, I'm a I'm a insufferable Rakdos fanboy. And I love I, Judith I love as a character. And then I like I was I was looking at it like what am I gonna do with Judith? And then I was like, Oh, she's just bad mayhem devil. Bad mayhem devil. And I've already taken apart Mayhem Devil. Like right. I'm not gonna do anything with Judith. I think and it's that not Judith even, is an excellent choice here. It's not even like you know, we have some very powerful, you know, CPDH quality commanders, and then we have like lesser versions of them that make for fun decks. Like if if you want to play this, you know, style of deck but you don't want to be super competitive or anything like that this judith isn't even that judith isn't even like the casual fun version of mayhem devil to me like it still just doesn't end up panning out yeah yeah it's it's not casual mayhem devil it's just 
bad mayhem devil. <laughs> it is just bad mayhem devil. Yep. So Judith hurt me. Theoden, I never even build a deck for. It's just one of those cards that I was really excited for. By the time I got to the last word of the text box, I was upset. <laughs> so. Completely understandable. Those are my two choices. Who gets the uh, the trophy this year? I I really like Judith and Nikonzo. I too. I, I like I, I like all the others as well. I think it's got a. I I I just wanted I wanted Simic to do something cool. And I thought Explorer was going to be it. Cause like yeah, Simic, a lot of people Simic did. Is like a lot always, of people did. Simic is always the same thing. It's like, oh, you play lands and you draw cards. And you're like, okay. <laughs> like, Explorer is that, but it's like we're doing it in a like a different. more fun way. Like, <laughs> right. we're doing it with bodies instead of Tatiova. And uh, I just, I wanted I wanted the Explorer deck to be there. Maybe... And, I, and I wanted Judith to not be here. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Judith gets it because Nikonzil is so new that they can still print stuff to make it better. Nikonzil can recover. Yeah. Yeah. If we get more map tokens or I yeah. The Warmonger could also recover. Sure. Oh, absolutely, especially with sure. cons coming up. Yeah. I think the, the the Warmonger feels like more niche to me in terms of like disappointing. Dr- yeah. Yeah, it's very it's like Warmonger's like the it's the dragons thing and like you like we can get more dragons so it can recover also like you could do other things with dragons if you wanted it's like you fool you chose this right right like i i fully understand that the warmonger does not work but i built it anyways yeah right yep i i'm still just salty about it no i your 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 saltiness is extremely valid i i think i want to give this one to judith I'm with you. Just because she'll she'll never be better than she is right now. Like the other ones. Uh, yeah, ever, ever. Yeah, ever. we could we could someday see a, a functional warmonger, but we'll we'll Judith will never be anything, and that right. breaks my heart. Yeah. So congratulations, Judith. Your Yargle is on its way to Ravnica. All right, we got a, another sort of like who hurt you type category coming up. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, it's John, probably better known as Drixus from the PDH Pals, and I'm here to introduce the category for Worst Set of the Year. Now, there have honestly been quite a few stinkers this year, but in my opinion, the worst set we got was the Doctor Who Commander product. I know, I know, it's technically not a complete set, I'm sure it had a lot of cool flavor if you're a Doctor Who fan, and it even came with planes, which, you know, we actually play with at the PDH Pals studio, Uh, but... Overall, it was just a big disappointment for me. I mean, first off, with it being a commander set, uh, we really didn't get any commons. We got one common, and it's just like a card that doesn't really matter. Uh, We did get actually a surprising amount of commander options, uh, but really none of them are that interesting. You know, obviously Displaced Dinosaurs sticks out as as a pretty strong card, but in practice, it's just another one of those decks where either you, (laughs) you know, stick your commander and win, or somebody kills it and you do nothing. And I just don't really like commanders like that. I know Aroxa was another one people were excited about, but I don't know. The deck building for that is just a little too hand-holdy for me. I mean, you just play all the cards that cast from outside your hand, and that's your deck. So, like, no real commanders I cared about, no commons to speak of at all. But then, of course, you know, oh, there's there's all these new planes, right? And we like planes uh, in the Pal Studio. But really, these planes just aren't very exciting uh they sounded exciting when we were reviewing the set but in practice they just haven't really popped like other planes have 
Um, in fact, I would say if we actually streamlined our planar deck down to like 20 to 30 cards, none of these would really make the cut. They either feel incredibly one-sided or just unimpactful. They're just they're just not exciting. And it's it's more a bad sign for planes to come if they're gonna be like so so specifically designed around the set they came with. They're they're just not gonna like survive the test of time. So that's my opinion on what the worst set of the year was. Now, if I was in a betting pool, my money would be on Phyrexia All Will Be One being the worst set of the year. But I'll leave that discussion to you guys. And this is Drixus signing out. Sorry, Liam. You doing okay? I want to throw hands. <laughs> I don't want to throw hands. Um, I'm going I can, to throw hands. I can tell you where he lives. All I'm saying is... <laughs> all I'm saying, all I'm saying. I'm going to need an address. And once you're <laughs> yeah, done with it, I, I want the box of matches. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got you, fam. It's in the mail. Oh. All right, Liam, I think you're in a good mood for this category, or a perfect, perfect mood for this category. What's your worst set of the year? Uh, well, it's not Doctor Who. Uh, sure, I think, the, I think the worst set of the year has to be Phyrexia All Will Be One. The set was so parasitic. There was. I'm not even. I'm not even going to drag it out. That's my choice too. Like, like, like it. There's, <laughs> there's nothing really from that set that sticks out or that is too terribly useful like when i'm thinking of all the useful phyrexia cards they they come from much the machines not phyrexia all we want yeah we got some neat like proliferate stuff but for the most part yeah even i was looking when we were doing show notes i was looking at a uncommon basically a commander from all will be one i thought this is really cool why where's this one been why didn't i notice this and then like the second half of the rules text was like Corrupted, okay. Yeah, like That's corrupted and oil counters and <sighs> right, exactly. The the mites and formiridin, like it's all so parasitic. Exactly, it's, it's not even funny. I think I played two cards from the set. Yeah, there's a couple that I play. Uh, I, I play experimental augury or whatever the proliferate one, which is good. It's fine. I just built Necrogen Rot Priest just to have an Infect deck in my collection. And that might be about it, honestly. Um, out, out, outside of the Sphere Lands, but, I play Blazing Crescendo. Blazing Crescendo's in a, a deck. juicer, mm, though. That is a good one. That and is I a good one. Yep. Play Carnivorous Canopy. Yeah, that's a good one. So I will... Other than that, every single. like, th- There were good cards in the set, but they're all so specific. I, yeah, I will that's step not necessarily in here. a that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like I, I think that it's good to have a set like this every once in a while where everything isn't is is not generic. Everything is specific, but like what that means is overall the perception of the set over time goes down. So I I don't disagree with anything you've said particularly. I do want to step in here in the defense of Phyrexia All Will Be One. I'll preface this by saying this is also my choice. Um, <laughs> so if John was a betting man, I think he would have just won a lot of money. Uh, but here's, money. so here's yep. the thing. Uh, first of all, I do love that we got a lot of proliferate mechanics here. Uh, yes. I will, I will admit that a lot of the mechanics in this were very parasitic in terms of oil counters. I think that this set was super fun for the oil counter, like coming off of brothers war into this, like the, the limited drafting and sealed decks were really fun with this set because of how parasitic it was with the oil counters and like the 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 poison strategies and all of that 
within within its own context, this set was really cool for me. And I say that as someone who just catastrophically cannot stand the Phyrexian aesthetic. I hate <laughs> the art of all of this. But I think I think limited was still fun. Yeah. I do want to also add to all of this, if that weren't the case, if this were a set that had like very broad, far reaching impacts on everything, then it would absolutely be the top of our number one worst set of the of the, the decade because that's terrible. I don't know I don't know if any of you were playing when Infect happened, but Infect <laughs> like Infect was the version of this set that was really pushed and not parasitic and yeah. it was terrible like <laughs> it ruined standard for for years like it's still oh. kind of like skittles like think think of what what this would be like if you know we got another skittles like i don't know if you've ever played against skitherix the blight dragon in edh but like if someone sits down and is like here's my skitherix deck you're like immediately you're like god i want to punch this guy in the mouth like <laughs> right in the mouth <laughs> like please imagine if if all had if all of the one had been a second version of that like everyone would would be like we wouldn't be like reflecting back and you'd be like oh yeah that one set that wasn't very impactful like that that's my vote for worst we'd have been like oh it's that one set that ruined everything for for three years that's the one that's the worst <laughs> so like phyrexia all will be one thank you for being low impact and parasitic because i could not handle the alternative but still you're the worst set of the year enjoy yeah, your yarkle. that's a very good point yep enjoy enjoy your yarkle enjoy the yarkle Oh, all right, you ready for the next one? Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what we got. Happy Yargle Days to all you holiday Yarglers out there. I'm uh, Derek of the Popper Commander Rules Committee, at Derek Deer Reader on Twitter. Um, here with the Yargle Award for Best Secret Lair slash Universes Beyond Product of 2023. Now, I'm just going to get this out of the way, the low-hanging fruit. Um, best Universe Beyond Product of the Year is hands down Lord of the Rings Tales of Middle-Earth. Um Nothing else really comes close in my estimation in terms of, you know, just the sheer volume of just dope playables, I'd, I'd phrase it, um, that have been added to the format with that set. Um, I think it's very obvious that this is the best product of this line to be released uh, for our format this year. And, uh, you know, going in the other direction with Secret Layers, it's really hard to kind of wrap your head around just how many Secret Layers have come out this year. There are truly an astronomical number of them. One sticks out to me, and that's actually one from this year's Winter Super Drop called Gift Wrapped, containing three cards that I absolutely love in a really great, cute, kind of wrapping paper style of holiday artwork. Um, Distant Melody, Cathartic Reunion, and Moments Peace are the three cards in that drop that are just absolutely amazing. also contains a Giver of Runes and a Homeward Path. We don't really care about those. Um, so those would be my picks. Lord of the Rings, Tales of Middle-Earth, the Universe is Beyond, and the Gift Wrap uh, Secret Lair for Secret Lair, Best Secret Lair of the Year. So... Um, I think with that, it, you know, if you disagree, I, I think you're wrong, and I'll leave it at that. Take care. <laughs> Thank you for that, Derek. <laughs> Absolutely lovely. Uh, Dave, did you have a favorite UB or SL this year? I did. It is uh, Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Tales of Middle-Earth. <laughs> there you go. That's fair. Yeah, there's, uh, I'm not going to surprise anyone with that take. Uh, I, I love... I love Lord of the Rings as a as an intellectual property. I love it as an aesthetic uh, mm-hmm. uh, and a setting. I love the characters. I love that we got to bring them to life in a new way that like was very 
based on Tolkien's vision rather than Peter Jackson's vision. I love that about it as well. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and 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 I love that it gave us you know Troll of Kazatum and generous and and like there's so many so many cards nasty and so many just absolutely juiced catastrophic bangers in this set that yeah yeah got it got to be lord of the rings all right liam this is probably a tough one for you but can you narrow it down to one ancillary product that was your favorite doctor who (laughs) i'm sorry you're still going oh yeah sorry i I was trying to finish the question but uh... i i apologize it's you, you can you can finish no, that was it. That was my question. I just want to see uh, if you had changed your mind for any reason. No, no. There's, there would be no reason to change my mind. Why would I change my mind? There's... Just checking. You never know. You never know. Maybe maybe no. you've played the cards and they're terrible and the pre-cons are awful and you've given up on the whole franchise. You never know. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, no. Nope. Nope. Not going to happen. No. No. All right, well, that was short and sweet. No. Mine... <laughs> I think the two. I I really do love the Princess Bride Secret Layer. It's great, and and this is Lord of the Rings aside. Like I love the Lord. Of, it's probably my favorite one, my favorite universes beyond of the year, Lord of the Rings. But outside of that, the Princess Bride was amazing. Um, and then, but I think my two favorites are the Creep Show and the Evil Dead Secret Layers. Those are I, I love Creep Show movies. I love the Creep Show show, and the Evil Dead series. Is just one of my favorites of all time, so I, I could not pass up on the Princess Bride and the Evil Dead Secret Layers when they dropped. So those are my votes. But I, go ahead. I love the Princess Bride. It is my favorite movie of all time. Tied tied mm-hmm. for favorite. I have I have a, I have another favorite movie of all time. But it is the, the mm-hmm. two of them are legitimately tied. I love Evil Dead. The thing that made it really hard for me to get into secret layers is that they they give you the secret layer and they're like, you know, this, you know, Wesley, the you know Dread Pirate Roberts Wesley is going to be based off of like Finn the Fang Bear, and I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, what? I don't understand. Like, they're they're all either like really bizarre, or not bizarre. They're all either like rares that I don't know and don't care about, or they're like like Wesley was the the uncommon creature we got and I was really excited to get an uncommon but I was like why Finn like what is this what what is what has Wesley ever done that involved like venom infect <laughs> right <laughs> right like why is why is he like I guess like the Iocane powder thing was pretty funny but like aside from that he's just like uh, a pirate <laughs> like why why is he green like what right yeah it was very confusing in ter- like I love I love the artwork Princess Bride the artwork on those cards remarkable. Evil Dead, yeah, it really, really is cool. stunning. I mm-hmm. just don't care about Pure Steel Paladin or the Lich Queen or uh, Samut or Byron. Like none of the actual cards that are getting in these secret layers are things that mean anything to me. So Mm-mm. no, no, absolutely. They came with a sweet um, zombie token, <laughs> but mm-hmm. as far as like, I don't, I don't have any reason to play any of these cards i just bought it for the fandom pretty much i will say i, I did buy the um the jurassic park the, the dr ian malcolm the jeff goldblum secret. oh sweet, uh, sweet, i bought sweet, that sweet. because um uh i don't i don't think blake listens to this show so i, I feel confident saying that's his christmas present oh he runs a lot of those things in the cube yeah um, nice 
But yeah, I, I liked that one. But in terms of like PDH format specifically, I think it's got to be Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I think so too. I, I don't know if it even really has competition. I don't know. I feel like Doctor Who with the new planes was was pretty significant. <laughs> you know, I've never played with them. We'd have to ask someone who has. Uh, can we get uh, some PDH valves on the phone so they can tell uh, us about it? You know, I've yeah. I've played with them. Oh, tell me. I them. think they're pretty good. Now, <laughs> I I think that once you remove the planes from the sealed precon environment, they get pretty rough. There's only a handful that I like. Mm-hmm. That is extremely fair. But in yeah. the context of the precons, I think the planes are amazing. I think John's criticism Good. is valid. And so that that's the thing that I will I'll say. Like, I I do genuinely love pre-constructed EDH. Like, I don't play EDH yeah. a lot anymore. But like, the, as as like a sub format of EDH, just like I, here's my precon. I'm going to use the precon. That's amazing. And those Doctor Who decks yep. look remarkable for that. Yes, yes, for sure. They are. Yep. For, so, I, like, like, like the the Doctor Who set. Like, you know, I'm I'm a fan of Doctor Who. I'm I'm not using the cards outside of the decks. Like, I I have no intentions to build any Doctor Who commandos for EDH or PDH. Like, like I bought sure, the decks as is. It's a standalone environment. You know, I I may or may not secretly teach my family how to play Magic the next time I see them. <laughs> under the guise of it's just a Doctor Who card game, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry <laughs> about it. <laughs> Amazing. Yep. Yeah. So, um, it's it's just a, a sealed environment for me. Like, I I love Doctor sure. Who. I love that we have magic cards. Uh, I'm not mixing them with my regular magic cards. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about the Evil Dead secret layer. Like. Yeah. So. 100%. So, congratulations, Lord of the Rings. Your Yargle is on the way. Don't let the filthy hobbitses get their mitts on it. Ooh, looks like we got another pile in line for category. I've heard that those Yargles are pretty precious. They are, according according to the PDH pod in our extended family. Very, they're very precious. <laughs> very tempting. Very tempting. <laughs> uh, you want to hear from another pal? Another PDH pal? Give me... Uh, I suppose... All right. Hey there, everybody. It's Sniffhound from the PDH Pals. If you somehow still don't know about us, we stream every Tuesday and Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, twitch.tv slash pdhpals. But I'm here to introduce the Yargle category, Best New Scare to the Card of 2023. You know our favorite Crucible of Worlds at Common only gets better every single year, and the last couple of years have been no exception. And 2023 has been great, too. I'm giving my Yargle to the hidden Cave Discover cycle from Lost Caverns of Ixalan. There's one in each color, they all enter tapped, and they're four into color to sacrifice themselves, and then you discover four, which is basically a, a quotation marks better cascade. Uh, the reason I love them is you discover into a scare tailor if you don't have one yet, and then when you do have a scare tailor, it's a free cascade every single turn, basically. Free is in quotation marks also. And that free cascade is a casual player's wet dream. Beautiful stuff. Shout out to 2023, also giving us basically three new panoramas, like Promising Vein, Shire Terrace, and the worst, but still downshifted, Terminal Moraine. I would love to hear what the PDH pod thinks about the new Scaretail card, the best new Scaretail card of 2023. Not surprising. What do you think, Dave? I... so the, on your land list, your tiller the, list. The card that I wrote here is one that I, I don't expect to win. I... I when I sent this category to Sniff, 
I knew with absolute certainty that I could count on Sniff to make the correct decision. Yeah. And he did, and I was like, that frees up me to nominate a different card that I don't think will win, <laughs> but I do want to mention here. And that Fair. card is Seismic Monstrosaur. Sorry, run that mm-hmm. again? Seismic <laughs> Monstrosaur is the Mountain Cycler from Caverns of Ixalan. Ah, yes, it, it is. It is the six mana, six five trampler in red. Just a big stompy dinosaur. It's, it's basically, that by itself is basically Colossal Dreadmaw. Yeah. Slightly smaller on the butt. It's got a five butt instead of a six butt. But basically Colossal Dreadmaw. But it mountain cycles. And here's why I think it's a great scare tiller card. It has the ability for three mana and sacrifice a land, draw a card. It's a six five sphere. Oh, and I that's very at it cool. From that angle, that is very cool. Yeah, it's a six-five mountain cycling trampling sphere, which is just nuts to me. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I've had a chance to play around with this card a little bit. Like LCI is pretty new, but I've been, I've been putting the monster sword through his paces, and uh, it delivers. Yeah, Have, for being, sure. Being a mountain cycler early game is huge. Being a six-five trampler late game is enormous. Being able to sacrifice lands to to cart to draw cards is nuts. And uh, if you happen to be getting those cards, those lands back with the scare tiller, that's just free money. It's free real estate. Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah. The uh, the the grabby giant sort of along those same lines. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Grabby giant the... also sacrifices lands or artifacts, right? Or yep, artifact or land, draw a card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Gravi- and it has adventure. Yeah, yeah. The gravity giant is also outstanding. I think. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Liam? What's your favorite tiller card this year? My favorite tiller card is a card that we actually got two of this year. Oh, we we got sweet. brand new mechanic, mechanically unique design this year, uh, and we got two of it. So that is Shio Terrace and Promising Vein. Mm, yes, these, yes, yes. These cards are mechanically identical, except for the fact that Promising Vein has the cave subtype, which isn't too terribly relevant in our format. Both of these are common lands that tap for a colorless, and you can pay one tap and sacrifice them to search your library for a basic land card, put on the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. These are the generic panoramas that I have been des- I-, I have wanted for years. And yeah. they're finally here. <laughs> and they mean nothing because they've been power crept. <laughs> yeah, as soon as they were printed, they were out of date. Yeah, yeah. they they were yeah. power crept last year with the release of things like the Capenna Lands. Yeah, and uh, does not stop me from running them though. No, absolutely, sure doesn't. Yep. Yeah, I think they're great. I run them in a lot of decks. They're fantastic. Yeah. Well, with my choice, I'm pretty much with you, Dave. I, th- I think Sniff nailed it with the caves, so I'm going to pick something a little lesser than the caves, but still, I really enjoy them. C- coming off the worst set of the year, all will be one. I actually picked the Spheres. They're some of my favorite cards. They're super simple. They're elegant in a certain way. They just come into play tap, tap for a colored mana. You can sacrifice them to draw a card. I, I'm a fan. Love Mechanically, I love the Spheres. I would put them in, a, like, I have them in a couple decks. Mm-hmm. They would be in 300% more of my decks if I didn't hate the artwork. <laughs> they're, at least they're not as bad as like some of the creature artwork. It's not as bad. But yeah, I, I still just... Yeah. Th- yeah. Like like the whole the thing is still kind of gross good. to me. Yeah, they, they're very I'm... good. They're great cards. Yeah. But I, I think I think for the Yargle, I think the caves, the Cascade caves, just take it away. I love these caves. Are, are, you, yeah. are you okay with caves, Liam? As our Yargle recipient? 
I am okay with the caves. Okay. Awesome. They, they, like there's a few Yargles going to the Pals studio this year. Just a couple. Just a couple, just a couple. All right, we got one actual guest left for one actual category, and it's kind of a big one. I don't know if y'all are ready, so let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. I feel like I'm ready. Hi, I'm Miss Eldridge. You can find me primarily on Twitter by the same name, and I am honored to introduce the Yargle Award for Best Set of 2023. Now, my choice for this is Phyrexia All Will Be One. We got the Twilight Cycle, the Dominuses, a brand new Elish Norn after a bunch of years. We got Skrelv. And who can say no to Skrelv? Really? I think this set is artistically beautiful while being mechanically interesting, which sometimes can be kind of a rare combo in a single set. Some of my favorite cards include Encroaching Mycosynth, Conduit of Worlds, Tyrannix Rex, Vran, and don't even get me started on how beautiful I think the lands are, and then the showcase art I think is just gorgeous. So all those things together make it my choice for the best set of 2023. What is your choice? Uh, yeah, so this is the part where I admit that I once again delivered instructions and uh, did not do a very good job. Uh <laughs> Everything everything I communicated to Eldritch was, I want you to introduce the best set of the year. I didn't say for PDH. I just sure. said no, the no, best no. set fine. of the year, which means we have uh, a very, a lot of, honestly, very compelling reasons why All Will Be One was a great set this year. Many of those I, I, reasons I like do what... not affect PDH. I... Uh, right. Do- Dominuses and Twilights and Skrelv. Like, I do really like Skrelv. I just don't count it much because it's not pdh legal right um, for for our format uh all will be one hardly did anything but the higher rarity cards hmm. rares and mythics basically were were awesome yeah, yeah. the the dominus is really awesome were, uh powerhouses and uh yeah yeah uh eldritch also makes an excellent point here the the, the special art treatments <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i mean Eldritch has an aesthetic, and I respect that. Yep. Her aesthetic is not my aesthetic, and that's okay. <laughs> but the the special treatments with, like, the black and white, like, what's the card? Quicksilver Fisher, I think? Mm-hmm. I is think the 4-3 sounds... Drake? Like, that card is fantastic that we got, like, alt art of that. And, like, the alt art yes. Hummingbird, the alt art um, Sawblade Scamp, like... The, these cards are remarkable in their in their artwork, and like a lot of them are really good. Like Thrummingbird, Thrummingbird is a is a great card. Sure, it's in yeah, a lot yeah. of my decks. Um, so I do think All of the One delivered some cool stuff to us this year. It did. I, uh, it's some cool, like you were just talking about, cool alternate artworks, cool aesthetics. Some overall, like the the set as a concept, I really enjoy. I like the set. I love the Phyrexians. I think they're like the coolest villain in all of fantasy story lore, like in ever. Hmm. But on the commons only level, you know, they right. just, it didn't it didn't do much for us for me for us. So yeah, Jud- judging that... on all of the reasons Eldridge said, it's a strong choice. Judging on that yeah. and also impact for PDH, I have I have other choices. I want to hear what Liam's choices are. What's your uh, favorite set or best set this year? I feel like the best set of this year is hands down Commando Masters. 
good choice. Just the level of reprints that it offered us was unmatched. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it was nonstop <laughs> with the downshifts and reprints. And <laughs> I just realized that uh, we've gone most of this episode without yet saying the words generous gift or dread return. So I just want to yeah. I just want to correct so that real quick. So many options. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is me. Shout out to them saying the words "generous gift" and "dread return" at you. Yes. Don't don't <laughs> don't at me and tell me that we forgot about them in the downshift category. We did, but then I fixed it right now, so it's fine. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm also going to say Commander Masters. That was my yeah. I I think that March of the Machines I really liked because I felt that it was really ambitious. And yeah, that's I a very liked, good word for it. I liked what they did. I loved the battles. I I loved seeing I get the rares, the 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 rares and mythic rarity. I loved seeing these like team ups of like favorite characters from around the multiverse, like working together on the like uh, what what are the I can't remember any of their names. Uh, the Gitrog monster and Thalia, I mm-hmm. think teamed up and like the vampire and the dinosaur and the dwarf and the fairy. Like seeing all those guys. Yargle and Multani. Yargle and Multani. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think like the the thing the thing I want to submit for your consideration here is March of Machines, but uh I'm gonna vote for William's choice, Commander Masters. Because I mean March of the Machines didn't give us generous gift or dread return or Gorks or Subira or Teshar. Or yeah, or so many cards. <laughs> I think um I think Commander Masters is probably the winner as far as PDH is concerned. My personal favorite, you're right, there is something to be said about March of the Machines. Ambitious was a really good word for it. It's super high concept, and I love mm-hmm. that about it. Uh, you know, it crosses all the planes, on, you know, there's huge battles and everything everywhere. It's fantastic. I uh, really liked the battles. I, yeah, they're cool. More battles. I, I think they were they were a cool design. I mm-hmm. like them in the game. I think they're a cool feature to have in the game. Uh, I Personally, though, I for best set of the year, I think I'm going to have to go with Wilds of Eldraine. That's just me, though. I don't think it's going to win a Yargo at all. Tell me why. It just, during spoiler season, I was hmm, rarely not impressed with a new card. Mm. Okay. At any rarity okay. level. Common, uncommon, whatever. Mythic, it didn't matter. They were super interesting. There, It was a very heavy enchantment set, which, hello, I, I love. It's it gives us free token enchantments on certain spells. Like Witch's Mark is one of my favorite commons from this year. So good. It's food tokens, which honestly, since the first Eldraine, they took a long time to grow on me, but I've come around to food tokens. I think they're really cool. They serve a role in our format that I enjoy. The cycle of signposts that we've talked about before were all really cool. They're really interesting. There's Obira and Neva and Greta and you know all these cool ones and just overall i think the um the set was a hit i think it maybe got a little washed out because there were so many spoilers and it came out around the same time as the doctor who cards and this and then vegas was happening and like it wasn't as powerful as original eldraine so but there's nothing like, every God. time i go back to the you know, i know right Every time I go to the shop or every time I'm going through my cards and I come across Eldraine, I'm like, wow, this is a cool card, too. Like, where is this one? Like, oh, I forgot that this adventure exists. Like, there's so many cool cards in the set that do so many different things. Yeah, adventure. Like, as you're saying all these things, I'm just remembering everything I loved about Eldraine. And I'm like, ah, he's right. 
Eldrin See? was so that, good. That's how it gets me. That's how it gets me. Rowan's Grim Search. I forgot yeah. about that card until like yesterday when I was building, um, working on my Painsmith deck. I'm like, damn, this is a cool card too. Like, what a cool set. Like, Bargain was a cool mechanic. Uh, I, I think they just really yeah. hit R- roles on and adventures. Roles, yeah. adventures. They had there was a seriousness to the set, obviously. But there was also the fun side, like with Candy Trail and Minstrosity and Candy Grapple, like all this crazy stuff. Like overall, I just think it was a really cool set, really well designed. It was fun to play, fun to yeah. brew around. It, it didn't give us a lot of bangers. I don't know that there's anything from Woe that's tearing up the CPDH meta or whatever, well, but uh, that's my choice. So I want to I want to just pause here to say that like. If we just make a list of all the of all the sets that have come out this year, like it is, all will be one. March of Machines, Lord of the Rings, Wilds of Eldraine, Commander Masters, Doctor Who. Like that's everything. Like all six. And Ixalan. Yeah. Oh, Ixalan. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. And I, Aftermath, if you want to count that for some reason. I do not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, like of the seven, like Ixalan's brand new, so it's uh, it hasn't really had the time to, to impact me as much but like the other six like all of these are things that we have said really positive things about mm-hmm. in the last 20 minutes like let's just let's just take a moment to celebrate 2023 like it's been a great year for magic like it really has and there was i was thinking about this when we it felt like we were talking about all be one quite a bit recently in this in this episode but like you know, all will be one. March of the Machines, aftermath. There was a lot of complaint that like they rushed through the story too quick. It should have been spread out more. Yada yada yada. But they were all good sets. The story's yeah. great. The concept's great. You know, they released Lord of the Rings, which was like back to back with the Phyrexians, like another super high concept fantasy uh, lore, fantasy setting uh, IP. It was just, and then we got Commander Masters, which you know. Prices aside and fan base aside, you know, all the all the gripes and complaints. Commander Masters was an amazing set for so good. So good. So good for us. And then, you know, Wilds of Eldraine was fun and Doctor Who brought a cool aspect to the game as a whole, not just Popper Commander or EDH. Ixalan is proving already to be another fun set. So you're right, twenty twenty three as a whole has just been kicking kicking butt yeah i i'm really pleased with this whole thing like all of these sets are just like i mean we we can we can find problems with them we can point to right the community dissatisfaction with any of them but like we can also just talk at at wide length about how great all of them were like yeah all will be one was my least favorite and it was good i yeah. loved the yeah, limited exactly. for it and yep. I like it, it is it is easy for me to vote for it as the worst set of the year, but I still really liked it. Playing limited yeah. was great. <laughs> like it's it gave us some cool stuff. I loved the the frames. Like you know, it might be the worst set of the year for PDH, but it's still like a seven out of ten. Oh, easy. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. still high up there. Yeah, it just had a lot of competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was nice. That was cool. That was the. Um... Good little little segue there, Dave. Yeah, but i I think the I think the Yago goes to Commander Masters. Yeah, hands down, yeah. hands I mean, down. Call me call me when one of these other sets <laughs> delivers generous gift and dread return. 
And oh yeah, and, yeah, we were supposed to mention those two. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all the uh, other that... downshifts. Yeah, I've already forgotten. Uh, anyway, awesome! Huge thanks to all of our guests. That was the last yeah. one. We saved the biggest one for last. But now we actually want to touch on a couple different categories. We'll kind of make it sort of quick. I know we're uh, just we just now crested the two hour mark. This is one that I wanted to get your two, and I'll probably put in my opinion too, but um, what was your personal favorite deck, new deck that you built this year? I don't think it necessarily has to be like from a, you know, a, using a commander from 2023, but just a deck that you built this year, possibly using 2023 cards, but it just like stands out as like, man, that was a really cool deck. I'm glad I built that one. You can start, Liam. I know me and Dave like <laughs> went on a little, all will be one tangent there oh, for a minute. I, I think that my po- this is really tough. My the the personal favorite deck that I built this year has to go to Falconer Adept. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I don't. The one you brought to RIW. That is the one I mm-hmm. brought to RIW. I don't think there has been a single commander I have like vibed with more in in recent times than Falconer Adept, and I can't really explain why. <laughs> I just do sure there's nothing wrong with that and it feels great every time i play it honestly <laughs> i mean yeah, not for my opponents seem... but i think i've watched you play it once and i've played against it once and you do you just seem like you're in a groove when you're playing it yeah it fits you very well i i, I love everything about falconer adept except soltari vision <laughs> wonder why <laughs> it's truly truly a mystery did you know that thing blows up enchantments? And that's I, it. You know, I've heard yeah. that. That's all it does. Not non-creature enchantments, just enchantments. Just enchantments. There's no big deal about that. Weird. Weird. It'll be okay. Crazy. Oh, avoid Crazy. Uh, Avoiding uh, award show drama. Dave, what's your favorite <laughs> new deck this year? <laughs> no, I think Liam had an honorable mention, didn't he? Oh, did I, I want to hear more from Liam. Uh, I, I have a couple of honorable mentions. But Tell me. Yeah. The one that's going to stand out is Graceblade Artisan. Okay. Uh, just a, a deck that focuses on auras, but is somehow good. I <laughs> I don't get it either. Okay. It just, just works, huh? It, it just works. Cool. Yeah. Two mono white decks. I like it. Yeah, that's it. All right, Dave. Back to you. What do you got? Um, I'm going to start with the honorable mention. And the honorable okay. mention is, um, I always forget the name of this card because in my mind, I refer to her exclusively as Madeline Otter, and I call her Maddie. Uh, Was it like frivolous? No, I, I'll look Frolicking? It. Frolicking, there it is. Frolicking familiar. That's the one. Yep. Um, this is, I, I built this deck, and then I realized it was going to be not any fun to play, so I completely scrapped what I had, and I just, I rebuilt the whole thing designing it to be like really just like fun and goofy and i nailed it it's fun and goofy and it's just really entertaining like having a one mana instant in the command zone is like shockingly relevant just dealing one damage to something is Uh like that's really useful a lot of the time and then just being able to like the, the the rest of the deck that i designed for her is just really entertaining in ways that i enjoy um sure that's my honorable mention okay she's uh she's not the uh 
She's not my Yargle for this category for this year because she doesn't do anything that like other decks haven't done for years. The thing that I... The, my personal favorite new deck that I've built this year is one that I actually put together like a week and a half ago, and that mm-hmm. is Zada Walls. <laughs> I knew I, it. I, knew it. <laughs> I cannot get enough of this stupid, idiot nonsense. I... <laughs> It's so dumb. Like, I have so many... There's so many cards that are so much fun with Zada. And, like, again, I am going hard on this being a 2023 deck because we got so much juice for it in 2023. Like, oh, yeah, we really did. We Zada really Walls did. was not a thing in 2022. We didn't right. have Ancestor's Aid to just make treasures all day long. We didn't have Flick a Coin. We oh, didn't... so good. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have Daring Discovery. We didn't have Witch's Mark. Like, so many of these came, like, uh, this year to mm-hmm. just push this thing over the edge. Like, the idea of a... Like, I've always loved Zada. I've had a Zada deck for a long time. But I, I legitimately took mine apart. I scrapped it. Because I didn't want to be the Dragon's Approach, Krenko's Command, here's a lot of tokens, and now I cast run amok on them because that's overrun right like, i didn't want to be that deck because that's just really boring and linear but i do want to be the ogre sentry wall of fire like steel barrier like just <laughs> stupid useless cards so that like people will be like oh dave's not doing anything important we're gonna let him get away with stuff so that i can just cast Faraday's Fireball on my whole board, or uh, Flick a Coin, Daring Discovery, it just it's so stupid that it works. <laughs> just and makes it's potent. me laugh every time I win a game with Sunshot Militia by tapping 23 blood tokens. Like, right. that's dumb! <laughs> <laughs> and but I can't works. get enough of it. <laughs> yeah, oh. that's that's my favorite new deck that I built this year. Zada. Uh, awesome. Uh, Ancient Commander. Uh, totally new take on the deck that I yeah, can't completely. get enough of. Oh, awesome. I can't compare with the silliness of Zada Walls. Uh, but I do have a honorable mention, and then I have two that are literally tied for the top spot, and I can't decide. Don't make me decide. My honorable mention is... The legendary horse Shadow Facts. I had so much fun brewing that deck. Playing the deck is a blast. Like we don't I know we've said it probably fifteen times on this episode, but we just don't have that effect at in our format really. You know. You just throw a creature tapped and attacking into play on every combat step, basically. And it's really cool. It's Boros, it's just super fun. It's a little when I brewed the deck, I played it a lot. I play tested it a lot, I brewed it a lot, I goldfished it a lot. And I think I just sort of like burned myself out on it. Like it's still a fine deck. It's still fun. It still does the things that it wants to do. And I'm sure we got new pieces from Wilds of Eldraine and Lost Caverns of Ixalan and stuff. I just don't, I haven't picked it back up in a while. I think I keep the Moxfield version updated, but I haven't picked up the paper deck in a while. So that gets my honorable mention uh, just because it's Boros and it's just super fun, super, super interesting. Because you could really take it a lot of different ways too. You can build it, go wide, you can build it, go tall, like however you want to do it. Uh, the two that are tied, though, for my top spot of decks I've built this year are Greta, Sweet Tooth Scourge, which we did a 3x3, three three, um, 
That was one of my 3x3 three three decks. And <laughs> actually, the other one that's tied with it is another 3x3 three three deck, and that's the Mouth of Sauron. I, I thought Greta was going to be my number one deck of the year up until about three or four weeks ago when I finally uh, updated the 3x3 three three from the Mouth of Sauron and built it in paper. Or I playtested it a bunch. I spent game multiple games playtesting it, and then I built it in paper. And it is unbelievably fun. It's Demir spell slinging with a little bit of control, just as like backup. But most of it's just draw spells and mill spells and this spell and that spell and whatever spell I want to play with just a few counter spells. And it's so fun. You just make a giant. I think I had a 34-34 orc with no evasion and it was amazing. That's like that's all I wanted to good. do. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to I didn't I didn't have any trample effects. I couldn't I didn't draw any of my flying ability, you know, equipment or anything like that. Like but it was cool. Like sure, chump it with a 1-1. One, one. I made a 34-34. I win, <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> uh, that's good. Uh, so it's just super fun and Greta is just like a really fun box of toys like it's it's like a golgari rock sort of like toolbox deck but it's not these giant creatures you know it's not these huge gurmog anglers and these uh whatever else you know giant green and black creatures it's just uh, a bunch of little dinky creatures some plus one plus one counters and food tokens and it's hella fun it does the thing every time i don't think i've won a game with it yet but i've, I've never not had fun playing that deck so yeah those are my two I don't think I can pick between the two, but um, if I had to, I'd probably say the Mouth of Sauron just because it's the most recent one I've played of those two, but I think they're probably tied in my head, in my mind. Don't ruin it by picking one. Right. So they can share the Yargle as they ride on their legendary horse together. (laughs) All right. Last little category here. I think Liam had something for us. Yeah. So for the last category, we are doing... The coolest or most interesting new brew that you have played against this year. Specifically, that you have played against. Mm-hmm. So this isn't something you did. It's something you right. got the... Uh, how should I phrase this? The pl- honor of playing against. Yeah. Let's phrase it. Uh, let's go ahead and start off with Dave. What do you got? Derek, I hope you're listening. Um <sighs> I had I had a bunch of really really strong contenders for this category, but I've already I've already sung the praises of John's Subira deck in this episode. I've already sung the praises of Derek's Zarek Strobe Knight deck this episode. Uh, the thing that I haven't yet mentioned that needs deserves to be mentioned this episode is Heritage Druid. Mm, good call. Uh, I I discovered the existence of this deck when you know Derek and I were kind of chatting about it online. He sent me a link. I looked at his link and I was like, "That's that's dumb. That's not gonna work. Uh, <laughs> you need to you need to you need to try again, bud. This is uh this is a fool's errand. No no good will come of this." And I like <laughs> I I kind of glanced at it for like five minutes and then just like looked away. I was like, "Okay, I'm not." <laughs> I don't need to do this. And then yeah. I met him in RIW and we played games against it. And I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yep. Like, I was looking at his list being like, this is, this is ambitious, but there's no way it works. Like there's no way he ever has more than five mana on turn 12. Like that's, <laughs> that's not going to happen. This clown five mana turn three, every single game, every, every time, every, single every time, time yep. every time. And then by turn 12, he's got like 42 mana. 
Like, sure. pick a number. It doesn't matter. Do and amount, amount of mana. However much mana he needs. Like, that's what he's got. Whatever. Yep. Like, it's so nuts watching this deck go off and, like, and thinking to yourself the whole time, like, I've seen this list. This shouldn't work. <laughs> like, yeah. what is happening? What is how happening? Is, how is this goofy pile of nonsense this consistent? What mm-hmm. what happened here? This shouldn't be happening, but it is. And it's amazing. I can't get enough. Yep. Uh, this is one of the decks that, like, I've... You know, I, I don't usually, like overwhelmingly when I play against someone else's deck, if I'm like, oh, that's amazing, I'm very happy to admire that deck from a distance and be like, that's cool. I'm glad it exists. I don't need to build it because it already exists. I can just enjoy it from afar. I can, like, if I'll, I'll just borrow it from you when I want to do it. Yeah. Like, Heritage Druid is the deck that I want to build for myself. Sure. Because I think it's just too wild. It is I, it's I, super wild. <laughs> I need I need this on my shelf, too. Yeah. So, uh, thank you, thank you, Derek, for that gift. Yeah, thank you for bringing that, uh, bringing the format that deck. Yeah, remarkable. Yeah. I actually have two mono blue decks that I've played against uh, quite a few times by now in 2023 that I really enjoy both of them. One was mentioned earlier by Abby. It's the Bill Fernie horses deck. It's hilarious, and everybody gets horses. Everyone gets horses. I've Everyone gets horses. Deck. It's That's just so much it, fun. It is so much fun to play against. It looks like it's a. It looks like it's fun to play with. Like, so I don't know. That one always sticks out to me when I think of like casual decks, but is a deck that can possibly win a game. But it always makes for a fun time because Abby's like a move to combat. Brad, do you want a horse? <laughs> like, how many times are you gonna ask that in a game of PDH? It just doesn't happen. That's so good. <laughs> It's so good. And then the other one was Resident Hive's Student of Elements deck. I don't know if you've played against this one, Dave, but it is sweet. Like the not the not the big giant sea serpent tribal flyers version, but like the actual like semi competitive version. It's really sweet. Uh, are you familiar with the creature? Yeah, I know about the Student of Elements. I, okay, okay. I, I played during Kamigala. It's no, uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. It's just super cool. I never even considered or really explored the flip commanders like that as, or the flip creatures as being commanders and student of elements is just, it just doesn't stop. It's wildly like aggressive for being mono blue and all the creatures have flying all the time and they're just big and they're just coming at you constantly. And it's really impressive at the resilience of that deck. So I was, I think more so not so much the 99 but the uh, Hive built a really good deck out of uh, one of those type of flip creatures. So it was really impressive. I'll, n- I'll never forget it. Like, it'll always be stuck in my head. So I think those two decks, above most of what else I've played against this year, uh, stick out to me. And I've played against some really cool decks. Like, it, it feels like every time I run a Saturday stream, uh, even if it's with Abby and Dax, like the two, you know, Abby's a regular by now and Dax is becoming a regular on the stream. Even if they bring, you know, different decks, it's always something interesting, something fun. It's hard to keep up with them all, but definitely the horse guy and the student stick out to me more than more than anything else, I think, from this year. Great. Yeah. Because it's, I think one of you mentioned it, like it, they're, they're as cool to play against as I think they would be playing them. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like, 
Bill Fernie seems like it's a fun deck to play, but it's also a fun deck to play against. Kind of the same thing with Student of Elements. More on the, like, it's not silly fun like the horses are. It's more like, wow, if I don't... It it asks you, similar to, like, Derek's decks almost. Like, the Student of Elements decks ask you questions you're not used to being asked at a table, at a game of PDH. You know, there's certain things you have to deal with when that deck is doing its thing that you're not accustomed to dealing with, especially when you're facing mono blue. So uh, it's a challenging decks to play against, and I, I, I appreciate it. I love and value novel experiences, and yes. Bill Fernie delivers those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every combat step. Yep. So. Oh. You get one free with every horse. You do. <laughs> you do. Horses, horses aplenty. Whew, I think we have come to the end of the show just about. No, we need, no? We need no. Liam to tell us the coolest, most interesting brew that he's played Did against. Did you not? No. No. Oh, he you introduced, introduced the, the cat. That's what me. it is. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. What do you got? What, what what cool stuff did you play against? I want to say the coolest and, and most infuriating deck. <laughs> I've had the, I, I suppose, the pleasure of, of playing against this year uh-huh. was a certain tempting Lissid. Oh. <laughs> I had uh, blocked that one out of memory. And, Good choice. And leeching Lissid. <laughs> These these two decks, uh, they are certainly PDH decks. That's that's for sure. Oh, I played against Leeching Listed, not Tempting Lich. Yeah, yeah. yeah yep. They, I, I, I played against both. They, um, yeah. Yep. They are cards that exist in this format. They are cards that are legal <laughs> in this format. That is for sure. Yep. Congratulations, Scooby Drew. You put together cards that exist in this format. <laughs> that, that create an experience they do they do create an experience yeah yeah uh, yep that's all i've got for it oh that's good I, these, these are cards that create an experience you will you'll never forget playing against a licit deck no because you're going to be it reading will. every single card all the time <laughs> Constantly, all the time, without ever stopping. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's good. That's good stuff. All right. I think, does that officially wrap it up? It does for me. What about you, Dave? Uh, I have nothing else to add. All right. We're going to get into the outro. I want to give a... Definitely come on Discord and tell me which of these uh, Kutzil, Gonti, Xerix, and Dinosaurs wins the most interesting new commander. Because we still don't know. We still don't know. And definitely nope. yell at us in Discord that we forgot to mention Generous Gift and Dread Return. Because <laughs> uh, we definitely did forget those the entire episode. <laughs> the entire episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, before we get to the outro, I do want to give another huge, huge, huge thanks to our uh, guests that came on, gave us some audio, gave us their insight. It was really awesome. This this whole idea for this episode was was great i think it's going to work out really nice oh, um, oh go ahead. Wait, wait wait hold up i'm i'm getting a uh an alert on my phone uh-huh. uh i think according to this there's one more piece of uh, audio that we have uh this is some breaking news <gasps> i think you are correct yeah did you get do you get that alert too i did it showed up in my let's, my google account yeah let's let's pass things back over to Bobby for this breaking news.
Thanks, guys. We're getting breaking news that the Sanctuary PDH Discord server has some announcements regarding its events coming up in quarter one of 2024. First up, Sanctuary is hosting its third CPDH League starting in January. Players can sign up now through January 12th to play in six weeks of games starting during the week of January 14th. Each week, pairings will be set and players will coordinate with each other to play their matches whenever they like. Prizes will include free entry into the next Sanctuary Open, sets of 2023 Sanctuary Champion tokens, and more. After six weeks of games, the top four players will play in a final match, which will be broadcast on the Sanctuary PDH Twitch account. Following the league's inclusion, Sanctuary PDH will also be hosting its fourth installment of the Sanctuary Open series on March 16th at 1pm Eastern Time. Entry is $16. In addition to cash prizes, Sanctuary will also work with the champion to develop a custom token to commemorate their victory. This time around, Sanctuary will also be allowing the use of online playtest platforms such as Moxfield, so people have no excuse not to get in on the action. Check out SanctuaryPDH.com and the Sanctuary PDH Discord server this weekend for the reveal of the 2023 Champion Token Series featuring the winners of this year's tournaments, as well as additional details regarding the league, tournament, and upgrade FNM coverage format going into 2024. Now back to the pod. Breaking news indeed. Thanks. Thanks for that one, Bobby. Yeah, thanks Appreciate for that one, Bobby. You. Good stuff. Sounds like a, a whole pile of events coming up soon. That's awesome. One of the hardest working men in PDH tournament organization, Mr. Bobby B. Fine. Oh, all right. Well, thanks for that announcement, Bobby. I think we're going to move into the outro here, but we do want to give another huge thanks to all of our guests uh, throughout the year and all the guests that contributed to this week's episode. Uh, Miss Eldritch, Abby at Common Commander, uh, Puzzle Box and Gator from Common Theory, Clay, the tryhard himself, John Sniff and Jeremy from the PDH Pals, Paul, the Scarecrow. Uh, we had Lobberts, we had Derek, and you just heard from Bobby B. Fine again. So uh, excellent work on all the uh, contributions, folks, and I'll put all their uh, content links, social media links, everything down in the show details. It'll be one giant um, mess of uh, content for you, so go check it all out. And that's pretty much it. If you have any questions you know, about the format or anything, you can email the show at thepdhpod at gmail.com. You can head on over to the PDH Homebase's website. That'll take you to their Discord server. You can find us at the PDH Pod on X or if you still call it Twitter. And we're on Instagram as well, just the PDH Pod over there. Also on X slash Twitter, you can find Liam and I at Popper Command and Popper underscore B. And Dave is the Alcadron. Literally everywhere else PDH is being talked about. And all those links will be down in the uh, show description as well. But that's going to wrap up our Yargles for this year. But we want to give a big thanks to MTG Brad for letting us use their original music for for the show for another whole year. And from everyone in here to everyone out there, Brew a Deck, have a wonderful holiday. And we'll see you in about a week. Peace. Cheers. See ya. Drop off the text at the party Pop. I brought pop the text at the party